This is the Manga Mavericks podcast from allcomic.com episode 80. We are a podcast not only dedicated to talking about manga as a medium, but as an industry. I'm Colton. And I'm Ulam Ramayasha, and today we've got a Plus Ultra podcast for you because we're talking about Manga Plus and the Shonen Jump app and the state of Shonen Jump in the year 2019. And joining us once again is our good friend, Maxi Bernard, Shonen Jump expert, host of the podcast Friendship After Victory. And we're also going to be joined by Patrick the Comic Fiend, host of the Super Sentai podcast and the Comic Fiend's Comic Friends podcast. Yes, yes. Uh, so I guess just a small little disclaimer. We we had a lot of like different ideas as to like who we wanted to have on for this podcast, and uh, a lot of guests that unfortunately didn't quite make it through uh, due to scheduling conflicts and whatnot. Uh, I, I don't do a very good job of explaining it like in the show, but uh, I, I basically gave Patrick like kind of a sort sort of like my own short list of like what I thought was interesting on Manga Plus because. Uh, um, this was also something I didn't bring up on the show. Uh, I think it was actually his first time using the Manga Plus app, because I, I think he had heard of it, but like I don't think he had used it until uh, until we had to record this podcast. Uh, it also should be noted that Patrick is also like a huge Shut and Jump fan as well. Uh, he definitely keeps up with uh, with a lot of the magazine and whatnot. And uh, you know, I, I I personally thought it was worth kind of having a sort of a new-ish perspective on the show, just somebody we haven't had on the show before. Uh, and like I said in the show, you know, what you'll be hearing later on, we'll definitely be having him back on the show for other topics in dis- of discussion in the future. But uh, I just I just thought I'd put that out there because, again, I don't think I did a very good job really explaining, like, why I wanted to bring Patrick on the show in particular. So. Mm-hmm. But we had a great discussion with Maxie and Patrick on the Shonen Jump app and Manga Plus, and we discussed all of the series exclusive to Manga Plus, all of the cool Shonen Jump Plus series that are available on Manga Plus, including Curtains Up and Blue Flag, and there was a great conversation, and we give our recommendations on what you should be reading from there. And uh, as well as Arata Primal, as well, that was, I think that was the first series we uh, we talked about. Um... But oh yeah, we 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 talked about as much manga plus as we could, and even kind of throughout the show, kind of gave our thoughts so far on the Shonen Jump app after using it for about three months or so at this point. So yeah, we 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 discussed a lot of Shonen Jump on this podcast, you know, uh, hence the uh, State of Shonen Jump 2019 title. But uh, yeah. you know, I I had a lot of fun with this discussion, and uh, I can't wait for you guys to listen. But before we before we head out into our topic in particular, uh, I think we need to address a poll that we put up a couple episodes back. Yes, on our My Love Story episode, Ashley and Colton engage in a manga fight over who is the best boy in My Love Story, Takio and Sunakawa. And we declared Ashley the winner on that episode, but we also left a poll in which you, the listeners, could vote on who you thought won the manga fight and who you thought was best boy. And so the winner of the poll is Takio and a very close race eight votes to six so the listeners have decided that takio is indeed best boy oh challenging the decision we made on the podcast or i made on the podcast that sunakawa was the best as per ashton's argument 
I honestly thought Sunakawa was going to win, so I'm I'm kind of surprised at this, but uh, I'm I'm happy, uh, you know, nonetheless. Yeah. And so in future manga fights or like short little mini manga fights, I think we'll also do these fun polls to also see what the listeners think about who won the manga fight or who their choices would be. I think in future polls, we'll also put down the name of the person who is giving the argument or choice next to what that argument of choice is. Uh, so to know like, oh, this is this is uh, this person's argument. This is this other person's argument. Um, spe- speaking of polls, we do have a very important poll uh, coming up that we are going to talk about more kind of at the end of the show. So, uh, you know, stay, stay tuned for after the show, because uh, we got a pretty important one coming up that we're going to uh, that we really need you guys to vote on. But for now, uh, I think we should just get on to our discussion of Manga Plus and Shonen Jump in general. Mm-hmm. Let's jump right into it. All right, welcome to uh, the State of Shonen Jump uh, 2.0, I guess. Uh, 2019, baby! Uh, I'm very excited uh, because we have our usual suspects on and even even a new person on uh, for the segment here. So, uh, as usual, we have our what I like to consider our, our, our third honorary MAGA Maverick, Maxi Bernard from Friendship Ever Victory. How's it going, Maxi? Uh, I'm pretty good, thank you. <laughs> Glad to be here as always. Yeah, I mean, we we just we we can't have a Shonen Jump episode and not have you on. You are our resident Shonen Jump expert, Maxi. Our resident expert of all things manga magazine related in Japan. Uh, I mean, it's a horrifying prospect for the Shonen Jump side as I continue to just slowly drop series, but we'll get to that later. <laughs> <laughs> And uh, we have a uh, a new guest on for the segment. Uh, we have uh, Patrick, otherwise known as the Comic Fiend on Twitter, uh, host of such podcasts as the uh, Super Senpai podcast uh, as well. Uh, Patrick, how's it going? Doing all right. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, it's great to have you. Yeah, I because uh, uh, you know we're we're gonna be talking a lot about. Um, sort of the uh all the all the new apps that we have to deal with now what with the shonen jump app and uh and the manga plus app and i i, I thought it would be worth it to kind of get a get as many new perspectives on the show as uh, as we could without going over our uh our five our five people limit because it, I, i've in my experience uh any podcast with more than five people is a nightmare to edit and handle so <laughs> um luckily two of those people are sharing the same audio track yeah, one less thing for Colton to suffer with. <laughs> yeah, you're here for some reason, V-Lord. I mean, v- V-Lord <laughs> is the, the Greek chorus of uh, of the podcast, really. He's there to commentate in the background. Yeah, it's just, it's just kind of my brand now. <laughs> <laughs> um, But I guess we'll just kind of get started here. So, you know, j- just in case... Um, you know, our listeners have been living under a rock, or you may not know. Um, a couple months back, uh, Viz Media launched sort of their the new version of their Shonen Jump app, where basically uh, Weekly Shonen Jump as a digital magazine doesn't really exist anymore and is now more so sort of a subscription service where you basically get access to uh, most of uh, Viz's Shonen Jump titles in full. Uh, as well as, you know, currently running series, uh, what is it, the first three chapters of all their current Cybel pubs are free, 
and you know if you pay two dollars a month uh you get access to all the backlogs of things such as uh you know one piece by here academia promised everland etc etc and uh, you know we we've kind of talked about it on the show before and we might talk about it a little briefly you know since it has been a couple months since then if we have any like straight thoughts on the app and how it performs um, but about a month or so at this point ago, um, Shueisha, uh, launched a new global manga app called the Manga Plus app, uh, which I think is pretty cool because, uh, unlike the Viz app, which, uh, is mostly available only in North America and a few other countries, uh, the Manga Plus app is pretty much available everywhere, like, you know, where, wherever manga is available, I mean, it's it's pretty much available in every country besides China and Korea, uh, if I'm if if I'm right here, uh, and Japan, but, I think, uh, and and Japan, yeah, but uh, but no, yeah, I mean, pretty much the entire world is uh, is is simultaneously caught up with, uh, I want to say about ninety percent of Shonen Jump, uh, aside from series like uh, Yuna. That is probably the only exception at this point. Yep. Yeah, it's pretty much the only series I could think of that doesn't really have a simulpub, as far as the jump stuff goes. That is something they'll have to work out with seven C's, I guess. If it sticks around for much longer. Yeah. But, you know, we don't have access to just show to jump anymore. We have access to a lot of jump plus uh, and uh, some jump ultra stuff. Like, it's... Uh, like, we, we, have, we have access to, like so much more manga than we did even with like the the viz media apps so it's it's quite the time to be a manga fan and especially a jump fan yeah we have like three four times as much content to read now there are 15 series exclusive to the manga plus site and app alone that you can't find on the viz site which is insane because the viz site you can already read 30 Simo public series so it's kind of insane um it's also worth mentioning that at the time of this recording the manga plus app is also available in spanish and uh i believe exclusively has series like reborn and uh captain subasa which i think is pretty cool indeed it yeah. does they know their market well I'm so ridiculously jealous of uh, people who can read <laughs> Spanish right now. Uh, like Cap I. Captain Tsubasa is, it's the biggest thing that I've always wanted to come out in English. And it's, it's so close. If they just went, oh, we'll do it in English as well. I'd be there. But, oh, not quite. Not yet. Well, hey, maybe they'll contact Mediado to uh, translate those in English as well. At some point. But hey, if you know Spanish, there is no barrier for you to read Captain Sabasa and Reborn on the site already. So wait, for that, would you have to, uh, I guess, change your country setting? Or, I guess, use a, <laughs> uh, use a VPN no, to let no, them know? No, you can or... just... Like, the default it allows you to see the series in both English and Spanish. They have, like, two different listings on the site for the English version and the Spanish version. So if you just go to the site, you can you should be able to see them. Oh. The app, I think, is weirdly uh, controlled by region as to what language it presents you with. But I think you can adjust it somehow. I'm looking through the settings now. But the website, yeah, at least. There is a change language option. It, on the app, you go to settings and then content options and then language settings. And then you yeah. can change it from there. Cool. Uh, see, I have resolution and reading directions. So maybe my app's lacking a, an update, which is really interesting. 
Hmm. Maybe hopefully one day we'll get Captain Tsubasa in English. I I want to hope. Yeah, in one form or another. Yeah, that's the dream. (laughs) But uh, I guess where do we want to go from here? Because something I kind of wanted to do was um, maybe briefly go over like what the differences are kind of between the Shonen Jump app and the Manga Plus app are. Because I remember seeing a lot of confusion when the uh, when the Manga Plus app kind of debuted in a lot of people uh, sort of just assuming uh, or, or were under the assumption that like it was just kind of the same thing as the Shonen Jump app. I don't know if this is the time to say it, but I actually have issues with the app that won't like it'll just start. It'll crash in the middle of a chapter or near the end of a chapter. So I end up having to use the the site to get through it i don't know the, the manga plus but... app does that for you yeah mm-hmm. uh, that see i find that really interesting i've been almost completely unable to use the shonen jump app at the moment because exactly. it's having because it's been I having massive loading Sh- problems so like we, yes. we've ended up with opposite problems i uh, know maxi i have the same problem with the shonen jump app it takes so long to load and it moves so slowly like changing pages takes forever like i've been using the manga plus app because it loads really fast and it's easy to scroll through like i think it's worth saying both apps are quite deeply flawed <laughs> Um, like I love, I love what they're doing, but they, they've got, they've got a lot of stuff they need to work out and how they present. It took like, I, I want to say a couple of weeks before the, uh, the sponsor dance, which is supposed to be what like run the, the apps cost for them, like even loaded properly. It, it's been a journey for them, I think. Oof. Well, the core differences between the Viz app and the Monkey Plus app is that the Viz app allows you to have access to the back catalog of Shonen Jump series and chapters. So with the Shonen Jump app, you can if you pay the $2 subscription, you can read the entire backlog of a series like My Hero Academia, all 200 plus chapters. Whereas on the Manga Plus app, you will only get the first three chapters and the most recent three chapters of that series. Or is it recent six, I think, on Manga Plus? It's actually. most recent three for the exception of Hinomaru Sumo. Yeah, it depends on whether the series is handled by Viz or not, basically. Because uh, obviously Viz need that hardline rule to sell their app. But Hinomaru Sumo is... Uh, I'm from Japan and Renaissance David are all exempted from that because they're only ran by uh, Shueisha and Media Do. It's weird, though, because I'm from Japan and uh, David have that three-chapter limit. It's just Hinamaru Sumo that has the six. Huh. Maybe it's because nothing really happens in Hinamaru Sumo. Or rather, everything happens really (laughs) quick and we're told it happened. Ooh. Ooh. That's a hot take. Shots fired. V-Lord, your rebuttal. Mongified (laughs) V-Lord. I mean, that's kind of true mm-hmm. it, it seems like they're, they're, <laughs> they're focusing on the stuff happening in between the fights which i'm sure is very interesting if you've read the previous uh 200 or so chapters like v lord yeah i mean like considering where the story is that makes sense but i guess for new readers all the new hinomaru suma chapters are probably just really confusing hmm. oh so while we're talking differences, uh, I want to establish the other things that are interesting about uh, the different between the apps because they share the Shonen Jump and Jump Square simul pubs. Uh, yeah. The Shonen Jump app, uh, Viz's one, keeps uh, Ruby, which is a Shonen Jump Plus series itself in Japan, but for us is just a Shonen Jump app uh, series. They keep uh, My Hero Academia Vigilantes, and they keep uh, the Boys Over Flowers series too, which, to be honest. 
uh, all three of those are pretty big sales for me to actually keep that app even installed on my phone. Without those, I wouldn't be that fast. Like the archive, I'm happy to have access to it, but I mean, I read like the first 450 chapters of Bleach really quickly, and then the app stopped working properly, and I've kind of had to stop. So hmm. uh, it goes back and forth. Well, luckily, it works better on browser, the Wizard Shonen Jump side. So that's how I've actually tended to read it these days. Because the app loads so slowly, but browser, it's pretty fine. So that's how I've been keeping up. Well, and I mean, that's that's pretty important too if you want to read series like uh, uh, Jigokuraku, Hell's Paradise, which isn't on the app, but is on the website, but is on the Manga Plus app. So <laughs> it's just... <Yeah. laughs> it, they, they've managed to make Psych as simple as just, hey, read a comic. Uh, weirdly complicated. <laughs> <laughs> I like it though. I, I I really like both these apps for all their flaws. I think they've uh, they've really changed the way people are reading these series and talking about them. I've seen. I can only speak for myself, uh, who's only really very online in the Twitter sense. But I've seen so much less early spoilers, so much less people going like, "Oh, the chapter's out before it's due," uh, which is a which is a nice sign. Yeah. Now there's really absolutely no excuse and no need to because the chapters come out. On Sundays, uh, they're pretty mu- you can have access to pretty much everything in Jump. Like, there is just no need to spoil things or access scans unless you are just so impatient for no reason. There, there is literally five hours between when the, the digital copies of Shonen Jump are available to people in Japan uh, and when we get to go and read the digital chapters. Like... I, which I only really say because it's midnight when it comes out, so like in Japan, so people aren't really going to be hitting up the Seven Elevens to grab their copies. Then it's more of a morning thing, you know. So hmm. like that—that's a—that's a ridiculously short time. Uh, the 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 effort involved with these simul pubs is really really admirable, and all the plus series are the exact same time, like within seconds of when they go up on the Shonen Jump Plus website, which is amazing. Yeah, and these are, a lot of these Shonen Jump Plus series are series that would not have gotten exposure otherwise without Manga Plus really putting them on there, I think. Like, I hadn't heard of so many of these series uh, before they were added to Manga Plus, and I'm happy to have so many series to, like, read through and discover. The only one that I had really any knowledge of before it was added to Manga Plus was Blue Flag, because I was, you know, a big fan of Kaito's previous works, and... I had uh, been hearing stuff about it just on Twitter from people who were reading it. But I'm so happy to finally be able to read that series for myself. E- even if there's about uh, four volumes of missing content. Yeah, <laughs> which is um, unfortunate. But yeah, hopefully Media Doe comes through with those volume releases. Um, Something else I, I just want to point out quickly about uh, the Manga Plus app uh, is that, um, you know... Uh, unfortunately, with the sort of erasure of um, of Viz's digital weekly show to jump, I mean, I mean, they they still have certain things from the magazine, like they still do like authors' comments in the form of blog posts on the on the browser website. But uh, as far as Manga Plus goes, they they have translated author comments like in the app, which I think is uh, is really cool. Uh, I I just found that out I think just a week ago. Um, and they also apparently they also can they they also have like interviews and stuff. What with uh, I know they have I think they have an interview with uh, Mikio Ikimoto, uh, the author of uh, Boruto, on the app as well. So like I, I like that the app sort of has the option for extra things like that. Whereas 
those things just aren't available on the Shonen Jump app in particular, uh, which I, I just thought was a really nice addition. Yeah, most definitely. I guess speaking of uh, all the new series that we have to read, I think maybe we should just start talking about those because, uh, you know, I, I, I think we want to try to take as much time to talk about whatever we can here. Um, I want to start off with um, with a series that uh, we had sort of talked about on the last episode of the podcast uh, that was, uh, un- unfortunately, about a month ago was a new simulpub, but I mean, it, it's still new, but, you know, the, uh, more chapters have kind of come out for it since then, and that is uh, Arata Primal, which, unfortunately, is kind of the only, like, new series that I've kind of had time, had the time to read, but uh, we, we, we sort of talked about it last episode, but it, it, essentially, Arata Primal is sort of a uh, survival mystery thriller series basically about this kid who it's not it hasn't been explained yet and i'm not sure if it will be but and i'll go into that in a little bit but uh he essentially has this weird ability to like whenever he's near any sort of electronics they just sort of go haywire in his presence and it sort of makes him a nuisance to uh socialize and hang out with so uh because of that he he has trouble making friends and so, you know, a part of the series is sort of focused on him trying to try to make friends in uh, in this sort of new environment that they kind of come upon later when uh, they're sort of just transported in time, uh, like back in time uh, amongst like, you know, uh, all these sort of dangerous like ancient insects and other creatures and whatnot. And it's. I don't know. Personally, I I think it's been really interesting to read, and uh, I don't know. I think I'm probably going to keep up with this one for a while. Um, I don't know what you guys think about this series so far. I'd be interested in hearing what you guys have to say. Yeah, I thought the first chapter was a good setup to the concept. It is kind of interesting why this kid has these powers at short-circuit electronics. Uh, so I didn't read past the first chapter, but I did think that it was a good setup to the story. And I am kind of curious to see, like, oh, how are they going to deal with these prehistoric creatures, like, coming into modern times and causing havoc? My my thing is, I, I mentioned how, you know, his powers may or may not be explained. Uh, my my only fear is that, like, you know, because they, they, they sort of, like, keep the explanation of his abilities sort of vague, which I'm, I'm sure, like, maybe they're leading up to, like, some kind of big reveal as to, like, why these things sort of happen around him. Um, my one fear is that, like, I'm I'm hoping that the series isn't running on, like, the same logic that Erased, uh, sort of ran on, where it's like, our main character just kind of has these powers, and, you know, you're not really supposed to think about them, because they're convenient for the story, essentially. I didn't really mind that in Erased, but as far as this story goes, I definitely think that because the reason why this kid has his powers is so heavily hinted to be tied into whatever, like, his dad had that note that got left behind by, like, his mom, I think, about, you know, uh, someday this laptop is going to have the key to, you know, prevent a catastrophe or whatever. So it's, it's all going to be tied into that. Yeah, so. like, they, they mentioned that line of, like, Arata being, like, critical to, like, saving humanity or something. Yeah. 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 I guess, like, for me, I really love the art in this manga, but as far as the story goes, like, so far it's not, like, completely selling me. Like, I'm enjoying Arata as, like, a protagonist. Like, I do kind of like that whole social awkward aspect of him, like, not being able to, like, 
understand like basic social cues because he's been like ostracized by the rest of like like his community for so long but like i don't know it's hard for me to really get uh invested in it yet at least until like we get a better understanding of what direction it's gonna go in yeah i mean i will agree with you on the artist like the animal designs i think are really great i love how he draws like these crazy animals uh there's some I'm scroll flipping through chapters and like towards the end of the third chapter, there's some questionable designs for what looks like to be like an indigenous group of people, which is a red flag to me, but I'll wait to see how that pans out. But overall, I do think the art is quite strong and a big uh, draw for this title, I would say, but I would agree with Wheelor that I'm not too in, I, I, while I like the setup for Arata as a character in the first chapter, I'm not necessarily, like, super uh, invested in him and uh, his struggle as it is right now. Well, are you guys uh, familiar with um, Katsutoshi Murase, like, as an artist, uh, any of his earlier work? He's uh, He did, like, a really neat horror series that kind of blew up on Shonen Jump Plus before this called um, Karada Sagashi that was, like, based off a phone novel. And yeah, it's just like, it's got, he's got a real nice grip on how to make stuff uh, chilling, which is funny because like every series he's done the story for as well before uh, was like a martial arts series. It, uh, and usually unremarkable or Doisel, which was football, but I mean, I own it. No one else does. (laughs) Um, Well, you definitely get horror vibes from the series for sure. I think it is strong in that respect. Oh my god, I, I remember, I remember reading uh, Doi Soul like back when um, when Shueisha's Shonen Jump website like had uh, had a preview chapter for it in English. Mm. Uh, that was such a long time ago at this point. Um, but no, yeah, I, I was surprised to is is it that same artist or writer or. It's the same artist. He works with different writers now because he's he's had quite a big sequence of failures, and it seems like since he's been paired up with other writers, uh, he's really kind of blown up and become one of the faces of Shonen Jump Plus. So, like, that's really neat, and I'm I'm pleased for him because I really like looking at his art. The story to this comic isn't massively my sort of bag, but like, e- even if it weren't just okay, like I'd still be going along with it just because everything looks really nice. I think I'm just a sucker for um for series that have like mysterious intrigue and uh, and survival. Like I I just like those kind of stories in general. And there's been a lot of those on the Manga Plus app. Uh Patrick, did you have anything you uh wanted to say about Arata Primal at all? Oh yeah. Um I'm a really big fan of survival series, I guess writ large. They're maybe kind of I I don't know if it's if it's one of those things that you call like um guilty pleasure like i kind of like when people are thrown into like what's it's like drifting classroom survival metro survive all the like everybody's in a real bad situation all of a sudden because of a plane crash or dimensional shift so to get that out of this like um usually the protagonist is kind of whatever it is like he's just kind of normal but here we have somebody who's already used to it so having the upper hand and seeing that i I gotta say i wasn't expecting um, the bugs to come in and just start ripping faces off. So I was like, oh, boy. <laughs> oh God, yes, yeah. hello. <laughs> this is what I'm here for. <laughs> yeah, this, yeah, like, I, oh, my God. I, I don't think, I, man, I, 
I don't know. I I think I I think I almost had a panic attack uh, reading oh. those uh, those other two <laughs> chapters. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> laughing probably wasn't the right response to that, but that's that's quite a visceral response. I'm, I mean, I'm also I'm also sort of exaggerating, but it it, mm. it like I did shudder a couple of times just seeing all these bugs just like cover the entire forest, just attacking all these people, and I'm like. Like I, honestly, I'm afraid of bugs that are like bigger than my thumb. Like I can't, <laughs> I, I can't, I can't, I can't handle, I can't handle bug. I, I don't think I could handle bugs the size of my dog. Like I mm -mm. just know my soul would just leave my body like there and there. <laughs> that that was a very interesting choice of comparison, Colton. <laughs> just eat the bugs; it's fine. It's, as soon as you turn them into food, it's fine. Ugh, gross. You say that, and I have eaten bugs, and it's okay until it crunches, and you're like, yep, oh, that's bugs yeah. still. <laughs> <laughs> it was like a stew when I was in the Philippines, and I was like, that was pretty good. Crunch. Mm, no more. Uh, Thank you. Oh, I had like a cooked witch tea grub once, and as long as I wasn't thinking about what it looked like, it was all right. <laughs> Oh my god, I'm fidgeting in my chair now. Um, yeah. <laughs> sorry, sorry. No, it's okay. Um, um, but I guess what what's the consensus here? Like, would, would would we would we agree that Arata Primal is worth checking out and maybe worth reading week to week? Or yeah, I think the art and the premise is interesting. I'm not too enamored of the protagonist yet. Uh, but I do think it is interesting how he uses his survival skills that he's cultivated from living a life without being able to use electronics uh, in way creative ways, in ways that make him like a real asset in this world for people, you know, in order to survive and fight off threats and stuff. So I think that is an interesting angle and I am curious to see where it goes. Mm -hmm. um, so I guess we could just, talk about a few more series because i i unfortunately like that was the kind of the only new series i had any time to read but i i know you guys have probably read more than me collectively uh actually patrick i kind of want to start with you because uh i i i, I kind of gave you like sort of a list of series that like i at least wanted to read or that i th that i thought personally were the most interesting um are are there any series that I suggested to you that uh, that you wanted to talk about the most, or that you had anything to say about? I guess. Hmm. So I guess if I had to pick two out of them that I'm the most interested in pursuing, it would probably be Soloist in a Cage and Blue Flag. Mm. Um, the other ones I I still do want to keep reading if they're available, um, or when they become available, just to see how it turns out. But those are my <laughs> two very different picks i think <laughs> yeah yeah um has, has anyone else here checked out soloist in a cage because that, that was one i definitely wanted to check out yes i, I read the first chapter uh, and velor you read quite a bit of it right only the first two actually okay. uh what about you maxi uh i've not i i basically i picked a handful that i figured i could stay sane reading and stop there but soloist the uh the little bit of art for like the thumbnail on it has really made me want to read it i've just not had time it it's honestly breathtaking. Like it is so like intricately detailed. Yeah, that it's just it, it's just insane to look at. The prison city, the snow covered uh, landscape inside of it. You know, as someone having to deal with like the winter storms here in Minnesota, <laughs> I can feel the coldness. <laughs> oh. Reading the manga. As as for someone who's living in a living in a state where it's literally snowing right now, um, I I I'm 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 inclined to agree. Uh, 
But uh, Patrick, do you do you want to tell us about what uh, what Soloist in a Cage is about? Because I, I actually don't know anything about the actual story of it. I, I've only seen like people post pages from it. Sure. Uh, so Soloist is about a, a prison city that either people when I think when people are thrown in there, they're not supposed to leave or they're never supposed to leave. And uh, the protagonist is a girl, I guess, who was born there or came in at a very young age. It's implied that she is the child of two people who were thrown in there, both her and her brother. Right. So it's it's implied there are ch- like people who are stuck here, create families of their own, and the population inside the city continues to grow. So there are children in the city, but it's, of course, very dangerous for them because it's a city full of criminals. And people can get murdered on the street easily, which is why the little girl and her brother stay inside of a room just all day and they never venture outside because it's so dangerous for them right and this is where i thought it was gonna be or what okay we're just gonna uh, stay here but in the first chapter um they uh the her neighbors have sort of been taking care of them since the parents just disappeared one day and uh the neighbors are three super criminals i guess that are supposed to be feared and they have been planning for an escape and they actually managed to get out um, but the the catch here is like, oh, okay, so they got it. What's the deal? The catch here is that uh, Chloe, the main character, accidentally leaves her brother in the middle of the escape. And there's no way, like, going back in that moment would be certain death. So the idea is that she returns after some time to try to find and rescue her little brother. And she's sort of been trained before she would sort of dance. And maybe this is the this is where the soloist comes and the title comes from. She would dance for fun, but that's become part of her fighting style. So Ooh. interesting. Yeah, it's I really mean, music cool. Music is definitely a part of her upbringing. She sang to her little brother a lot during evenings as a kid. So that's very much a part of her identity. And like, it's definitely a heartbreaking thing. Like, what happens is like she gets shots through the arm and she's still carrying her little brother, but then the clock rips and then he falls down. And like, you know, that that's it's pretty strong emotional stuff in this first chapter. Yeah. And my guess, my thought was like, oh, that baby's not going to be alive. I don't know. Because she dropped it from like a huge cliff. But I guess, <laughs> I mean, it doesn't really work if there's no chance at him surviving as a story. So, I mean, yeah, that's a silver rope she's uh, clinging on to. Like, we don't know if the baby has survived or not, if it's, you know, grown up and held safe and healthy somehow. But, you know, that's the lie. And that's like the sliver of hope that the sanders i think is the guy mm-hmm. that uh is looking out for her that he tells her that you know you know we will i will keep you safe i'll take care of you until you can grow up become strong and come back for your brother so i thought it was like a very strong emotional core in the chapter and very strong motivation for the protagonist so i'm i'm guessing this this gets a pretty solid recommendation from you guys in particular i would for Most sure definitely yeah definitely um, I think that it's on hiatus two. I think the author got six. So there's really only six or seven chapters. And the, the I don't know when they're going to be back. It looks like it runs on some sort of season model, looking at the, the chapter titles. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like how Eld Live used to run in Jumpla. So like it releases in kind of batches, I guess. But see, that that's really interesting. Uh, I, I like that sort of model because it means I have time to actually like go like, ah, oh, today's the day I'll finally read it. Uh, I was just looking through that first chapter. It does look gorgeous. I've got to. I really do. Oh yeah, yeah. I was. I was definitely like, like, like the the art definitely like 
captured my attention, uh, w- which is why I-, I deemed it like probably one of the things I probably want to check out the most in uh, in the manga Plast app in particular. Um, you-, you said you also read a little bit of Blue Flag, which I know is a series that uh, I'm sure a lot of us really wanted to check out because I know there are a lot of fans of both Kaito and uh, Crossmanage in particular uh, in this room here. <laughs> well... This virtual room, even though we're all on the call. So, so what 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 is Blue Flag about? Because I I I hear people talk about it, uh, talk about how good it is, but I actually don't know anything about it. Oh, Cotton, it's about the most beautiful <laughs> thing in the world. <laughs> um, so it it's literally about um. Four students all going through sort of the tumultuous time in high school, senior year, learning stuff about each other and themselves, uh, and kind of like the romantic connections they all have revealed or otherwise. And it's it's hard to pay it down as having like a, a particular through line. The main thing is the the, the main boy, uh, Taichi, kind of learning to be a more functional human being and getting into a relationship and being in love, and also his best friend, Toma, being incredibly in love with him uh this is thing this is a inc- the exceedingly rare thing of a jump series that's actually uh lgbt and mm. I, I love it mm. for it it and it's quite sincere in its efforts uh like it sometimes hits in ways that's a, a little too painful to deal with I, I can say that with some confidence but oh it, it, it's absolutely fantastic uh like it's nice how the the stories are very low stakes school life stuff. Um, like there's this whole thing where Toma bonds with uh both his old his old childhood friend Toma who uh very much loves him, and also Futaba, the young shy girl in class through uh through the medium of battle pencils, which are to- which are totally <laughs> a thing that uh that I used to do in school where you like really? you shave really? yeah, oh you shaved the stuff off the pencils and you gave them stats and stuff i don't think i did them in quite the same way as how they did but they were definitely a thing wow wow huh. i had not heard of this until this series yeah it, it was a really a really rad touch and um and and mostly the series if it's about anything it's about kaito wanting to cause you extreme empathy and pain through the uh, the very real <laughs> problems the characters have and I, I think that's that's valuable and nice. It's uh, it's got verisimilitude up the arse. Like it's the most believable story I think I've read in a in a jump thing. Full stop. And and I mean that's to be expected. Like Cross Manage had that. It was more goofy than serious, but it knew how to make a dramatic beat hit. And this is just that taken to the extreme. And it's it's really good. And it's a shame that it's really hard to recommend Blue Flag to people because uh. Because it only has like the first six chapters or so, and then a whole bunch way further down the line when a lot has happened. Yeah, that was the problem I had. Give us those volumes, media dog! <laughs> oh my god. Because <laughs> like, this works out really well for me. I've, I've been reading Blue Flag since about the time Volume 3 came out uh, a, a couple of years ago uh, in, in Japanese, and very badly. Uh, I think I actually got some names wrong, which is pretty pretty awkward. Oh. So it, it's Oof. been interesting to like revisit the early stuff, re-familiarize myself, and then hop back in. Because... It does continue literally after Volume Five, which had come out a couple of months beforehand. Uh, so, like, it's it's all right if you already know the comic, and I'm I'm a hundred percent sure out there there's there's something illegitimate you can do to fill the gap, and they've laid they've laid the temptation there, right? Like, that's just going to be how it is. 
But I mean, I I obviously don't condone that because I'm me and I'm nothing if not an old fuddy duddy. But I mean, if that's what it takes to get people reading Blue Flag, I mean, do what you got to do. You can make your own decisions. I'm not your dad. I mean, just jump into it, read those first eight chapters, and then skip to chapter thirty-four and see if you can still follow it. And then <laughs> if you can, uh, just just keep going. I mean, yeah. eventually you'll be able to read those literal relationships have like started, and big reveals have happened about characters. It's the worst possible series to have that gap, but it's still so masterfully done that like read it anyway. Just 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 let it go that it, that all this stuff's happened that you haven't got to see for now. Yeah, I've been waiting such a long time to read the series. I'm not letting a gap stop me. I, although I'm not, I'm not gonna go seek out unofficial translations. I'm just gonna read everything that's on the manga plus until the volumes come out. But I will, I will enjoy every chapter, even if there, I will get confused at oh. Uh, this is like a big time skip. This is like going from the first arc of Dragon Ball to the first arc of Dragon Ball Z and not reading anything in between. But still, I will continue it. Uh, y'all are much, much bigger men than me, I think. <laughs> yes, yeah, same, same, same here. I, I can't, I cannot deal with gaps. Even, even with stuff like, um, I'll buy the volumes you later. know, uh, well, even with stuff like Teenage Renaissance David and I'm from Japan, like, I know those are largely gag series, but it's like, I still, I still have this small gap where it's like, ah, I need, I need to, I mean, Colton, just read them. They're so good. Yeah. They're so good, Colton. I've I've been thinking about getting back on them now that they're like available, honestly. Um, Are they, are they all available for, for those? Uh, no. There's a gap. They, they only have the first, the first three chapters up and the three most recent. Yeah. But because it's so episodic, it doesn't really matter. Yeah, those are episodic comedy series, so you don't need to really have read the previous chapters. You can get into it easily. It kind of sucks for David, I'm not gonna lie, like, there's character introductions I feel like are pretty important. Uh, I'm from Japan is so... So basic in its idea, and I, I love the series, but it is a it's a little bit a little bit wank. Like yeah, you say like with I'm from I'm from Japan. They only introduce like two new recurring characters, and one of them is literally just a love interest, yeah. and it's pretty uh-huh. easy to figure out. So like that compared to David is like a lot easier to get into. But even David is like super simple. Yeah. It's quite telling that I'm from Japan's already got like this uh, this children's anime set up to like be as part of another show because huh. it it's so basic. The characters are types of characters, you know. The the main guy's obviously got the whole thing of being into the regional stuff, but like uh, the the deuteragonist is literally just a delinquent, and then you've got like the large tubby guy with the big fish lips. Like it, every character is literally just played to a type familiar to a to a younger reader, and it is. It seems to be doing all right with younger readers. No one's buying the volumes, but then kids don't, tradi- <laughs> kids don't traditionally have a disposable income because they don't have jobs. So, like, you, you know, you, you roll with that. Yeah. I do love how they keep using Masarao as the villain for everything. <laughs> Even when they're in space, there's an alien version of Masarao oh that just God. comes down with his minions. Yeah. Wow. It's amazing. Ho- this I- author really loves his Otokujuku. I was saying, I hope that, um, I think it's Akira Miyasuki or whatever his name is, I hope he gets like some sort of royalty out of this series. Masarao is just shamelessly Heihachi, right? He is. <laughs> It's that 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 is pretty amazing. I, I'll give it that. 
the most popular series on Manga Plus, at least in terms of views, seems to be Abyss Rage. I've only read the first chapter of Abyss Rage. I will say that I, I mean, I was turned off by the premise in the sense that it's like, oh, a girl gets kidnapped and this dude has to have like this whole macho fit and go out for revenge to get her back. It's like, oh, this is such a masculine power fantasy thing that I really do not care for. I mean, it's kind of neat, the idea of, oh, this blind kid, like, he, he gets these super martial artist powers and ability to sense things because he's trained in the dark for so long, so that gives him, like, super powered strength and stuff. But it's like, eh, that just that other element of the premise, I just do not like when it's like, the, immediately, the female protagonist is damseled, and it's, it's uh, she becomes an object to be rescued between like these two guys competing over her if this is the series where that's bothering you then remind me to tell you about nano hazard in a minute because that's a trip in this sort of area like they're, they're, ahead, yeah Nancy. so because abyss rage i've not read anything of but if, if we're talking when it comes to like a uh, growth masculinity and uh and like the fridging of female characters or removing off the board as motivation then my god nano hazard has it in spades it's literally just um <laughs> so the story's basic concept is that uh you know Boy gets infected with uh, nanobites. Um, in fact, loads of people do, and they either blow up your head or you gain superpowers. Uh, he, the main character obviously gets superpowers, and so you know goes about having his journey, fighting villains, other students who've decided to go and do torturous things to other people because it's like, oh, I can get revenge on society. Whatever. That isn't the stuff that matters. What matters is that very, very quickly into the series, it becomes apparent that. His mum is going to get killed and gets dismembered into pieces, beheaded, and you get to like see the grizzly remains, and it's like, oh, I'm mad now. I'm going to fight the enemies properly finally. And then almost immediately, damn it, almost immediately after that, um, his love interests are like, oh, we're going to give her uh, our special sort of nanobites that puts her under our control, so you have to go and fight her. Except for it doesn't work, and her head explodes. So now that's more motivation oh. to get revenge. <laughs> Which I guess I don't need to read it more than it's like I, this, thing, like this is all spoilers but i can't say it enough it's not a very good comic uh the writer oh, okay. of it shosho karahara is like hmm. he's a really good writer he does a series uh Uramiya hompo in grand jump and in various magazines before then and i adore that it's a very sort of cathartic get revenge on people for bad things and i feel like this was going the same route and then got cancelled before the revenge could happen because um oh my god uh it is it, it I, like, i've given some spoilers here is there anyone here who'd be massively bothered if i just told you how it ended because it it's something else no just go ahead i already read the final chapter <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of too late at this point i guess for for any for anyone who is bothered skip ahead a couple minutes i can't skip ahead because i'm here <laughs> uh, <laughs> i'm kidding i mean it, you, you can put <laughs> things cool. in as you want or i can just not say it because like no 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 you're good you're good it's fine um save me time Okay, it, this it, this is hands down the the balmiest ending I've seen in a comic ever. Because there, there's this whole thing with doing the Kim Crimson effect when you cancel a manga. You know, you look, you jump really far ahead and you show where things go. Uh, this kind of does that by having every single character die on the spot at the exact same moment. It travels forward in time, says some stuff about Adam and Eve. The main character comes back, creates his girlfriend out of his rib, and the series ends. <laughs> What the? <laughs> wow. Oh, All right. Yeah. What, what does that remind yeah. me of? Some creating someone out of his rib. Uh, literally, literally, Genesis in the Bible said. Oh, like, right. It it is hands down 
the the wildest and dumbest ending I've read to anything. And like I I normally I would never even be tempted to spoil something, but it's so I can't even begin to explain how they decided this was how it would end. It's just it's a car crash in the most fantastic way. Um, the second volume isn't on the service. I can tell you with some confidence. Doesn't matter. Nothing matters in this comic <laughs> at all. It's just, if you just want to read it, just read see it. like this crazy journey that goes off the rails almost immediately and then doesn't find where it's going at all ever, then Nano Hazard is it. But like, my God, do, do women get it hard throughout this entire series? Yeah, that first chapter turned me off for its like utter contempt for people in general. Like it, that's what it came across to me because the kid who's being bullied started to learn that first chapter. He he resents the main character for saving him because oh, you're gonna make my life worse, and I want to be at the top of the tier so I could have power over people. And then he's like tells his parents to kill himself at uh, kill themselves at the end of the chapter, and they almost do because he has uh, power to control people because of the damage. I mean, the thing that. is though, as, as bad as that is, we do have to remember there are definitely people in the anime and manga communities who would totally do all these horrible things given a chance. So, <laughs> foster a healthy community. But again, that's just one aspect of it because also, like you see, people have con- really contempt for the lives of other people like and when the scene where the guy who steals the nano machines is like run over by a car like there's just another person who just drives past it's like oh i don't care about this guy who has been run over on yeah. i'm late i'm busy i i forgot that even happened at the start it literally opens by just meaninglessly killing off a guy <laughs> yeah and like and people people's heads exploding like kids and uh like dogs it's like she, like you know that's that's so gratuitous that's so and, and like, that's within oh. like the first few pages pretty much like it it doesn't waste any time having this happen yeah it's a, immediately that was a red flag but wow this series just has an awful view of people in human life but i mean read it anyway <laughs> like <laughs> feel, feel, feel feel like a good person by reading it and being like man I'm glad I like humanity more than Shosho Kurahara. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, like from from what you're telling us about the ending, like if if this ran in like Shonen Jump proper, like th- this sounds like the kind of thing we would cover on like a canceled manga episode on the podcast or something. This sounds wild. Isn't it a canceled manga? It is canceled. It, it is a it is officially a canceled manga. So like, I mean, Colin, if the volumes ever come out, I'm going to make you talk about this with me. <laughs> I'll, I'll put I'll put it on the list. <laughs> oh my goodness! Oh my god! Yeah. Uh, on on more positive notes, there there are other series I'm I'm really really positive on. Uh, Summertime Render by uh, Yasuki. Tanaka, is that right? Yeah. 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 Uh, who previously did uh, Eye of Kotobal Pass and uh, Kagajin in, in the main Shun Jump. And the, the sort of who I, I was never massively into before. I think I've previously described them on uh, an old podcast I used to do as being like the most unremarkable artist ever. But like summertime rendering is amazing. Hmm. Uh, just, just this really good sort of mystery laid out with a a, a repeating day mechanic. I, I refuse and to spoil anything about this. It's like it really reminded me of Higarashi because of the setting. Like it's a small rural town that has deep lore rooted in like sort of uh, sh- uh, Shintoism a little bit. Like there's shrines and stuff, and like there's this mystery involving like different like doppelgangers different people and people kind of being on edge and mistrusting each other like 
I really got sucked into the mystery in that first chapter. I mean, like, if you if you like manga and you like uh, Twin Peaks, this is like a really nice mesh of that sort of unease in a small town feeling. Uh, then with like again the the day repeat mechanic and just oh it it's very good. Uh, it has I think the largest gap out of any of these series, but it does give you the first fourteen chapters. So like just reading those alone is a really satisfying experience, and it leaves you with. A really awkward cliffhanger that makes you want to see more. So, like, if they do do volumes, I I think it will do pretty well for itself uh, to the readers who've been hooked in. Uh, I've not read the later chapters, but my god, it's one of the highlights on the service just for those first 14. Yeah, yeah I reading read the... the end of the first chapter is, like, the most where I was, out of all these series, where I was like, oh my gosh, I need to read the next chapter. I want to see where this is going. This is definitely, like, one of the most, like, immediately liking Adrian. I'm like, oh my god, I want to keep reading kind of series on the app. Like, this is a series I think you would want to binge read at least as much as possible. Yeah, when I was reading those last night, I kind of just, like, had a feeling to keep reading it, and I had to force myself to stop. <laughs> but also that, like, 35-chapter gap is just painful to look at. Yeah. Man, again, Media Dow will give us <laughs> the gap filled! <laughs> Well, my ears are bleeding. Thank you, Fat Seth. Um, <laughs> oh my god! Uh, but the, but there are oh god, and, and another really good one uh, on service which does have all the chapters available. I highly recommend it. Is uh, "Spotless Love" by Ataru Maijo and Arata Momose, which uh, it's had to take a chapter off recently for the flu, but uh, it's just this really interesting story about uh, obsessive compulsive disorder and assassination. Which aren't two subjects you'd naturally put together, but I think have made for uh, something that it might not necessarily be respectful, but it is at least incredibly interesting. Oh, yeah. Interesting. Yeah, I've been reading this one. I just love the dynamic between uh, the main the main female lead and... Uh... Yeah, Kinema and Campanella. Campanella's the dude who is the assassin. Yeah, I just love the whole dynamic that they have, and it's... The premise itself just sounds very strange, and it is even strange in execution, but somehow it works. And that's the most amazing part of it. I mean, these are two psychologically kind of disturbed people, but they have, like, a interesting fascination with each other. Like, somehow, Kinema, who is such so obsessed with cleanliness that she develops a rash when she's trapped in a house where Ugh. there's nothing but trash around her. Mm. It's, I, it's, it's like a completely like psychologically induced thing, I think. Because it immediately goes away once you, she starts cleaning. But it's like... Yeah, you. Uh, she f- somehow finds the Campanella, the assassin, beautiful and like how cleanly he kills people without like getting any dirt or blood on himself. It's like, so that kind of th- fa- twisted fascination to me is really, really intriguing. I like stories with these kind of off color characters that have like kind of weird uh, psychologies. And, like, seeing, like, how they kind of play off each other. Yeah, it's also worth noting, the writer is the... Otaro Maijo wrote the George Joestar novel. Wow, so he's familiar with crazy stuff. Yeah, when I saw that, I'm like, oh, this makes so much more sense. (laughs) (laughs) Wow, that's, that's pretty interesting, I didn't know that. And I also like how Kinema has an edge to her like she is very 
self-assured that her obsessive compulsion isn't an illness. It is like right that it, cleanliness is a, the right thing for her to do. She values cleanliness over her own life. And when like she gets dirty and someone is like trying to like uh, dirty her, she like pushes them off and it's like she like fights back. I like uh, I kind of like that there is like that edge to her that there is that this somewhat violent side underneath her personality that I that I think is fascinating and it also is a good compliment to uh, the assassin character. So yeah, I think Spotless Love would definitely be another recommendation. It's also one where there isn't a whole lot of chapters out, so it's quick to catch up with and uh, follow. Yeah, this is a pretty recent series. Yeah, five chapters so far, and it's bi-weekly, so it's not too hard to keep up with. Mm-hmm. V-Lord, I believe you really wanted to talk about Dream Camp. Yes, yeah, so uh, I think out of all of the series on Manga Plus right now, one of them that's really selling me is Dream Camp. So it's about a, a girl, uh, uh, Rin Todoroki, whose father runs like a mechanic shop for like drifting drivers. And she starts her first day at a university and is goaded into uh, joining the automobile club. And it's kind of about her, like, trying to gaining a love and respect for automobiles that she's kind of refused to, like, enjoy her entire life because she doesn't want to, like, be like her father. And she just doesn't find an interest in, in motors or motor sports. And it's just is very well done. It has a great balance of, like, comedy and, like, really making the racing, drifting scenes really intense. Mm-hmm. Like, it kind of rem- reminds me to make the comparison to Initial D. Yeah, it's hard not to make that comparison, especially in the short race in that first chapter between her and the rival character, where, like, they do some crazy drifting and stuff. Yeah, so I- I'm really enjoying it so far. Like, it's, like, 20-something chapters right now, but a lot of it is just looking at, like, the really good artwork, and it it goes really fast to read, so I'd highly recommend it. It is a really, really fun manga. Most definitely. Now, that's an interesting one, because that is an exclusively a vertical manga. You can't read that one horizontally. Yeah, that one and Landlock, I think, are the two main uh, vertical scrolling mangas that are on Definitely. Manga Even right on a browser, you can only read those series vertically, which can cause some problems. I couldn't actually read uh, Dream Camp on the browser because the pages were messed up. Huh, that's interesting. So I had to read it on mobile. So that was strange to me. Yeah, when I was trying it on my browser, because I've mainly been reading it on my browser, I wasn't having any issues. Well, I don't know what happened, but for some reason, the pages were clearly out of order when I was trying to read it, so it was working fine for me on browser. I mean, Landlock has volume releases, so they have to have repurposed it somehow. Yeah, I was looking at those. They basically just, like cut off the page at a certain point and then continue it to the next page. Yeah, dry can I feel that would be much harder because the way that is and the way like certain layouts are when you're reading, I, I wonder how that might be a little more what more difficult one to kind of cut off into diff pages and pile into Yeah, it's really hard to de- delineate a cutoff point in that. So yeah. I'm not sure what they're gonna do if they do a volume release. That series is most definitely made for reading on mobile in particular. It's made for you to scroll up and scroll up and down with your 
uh, finger on your phone, touchscreen on your phone. Most definitely. Yeah. I, yeah. I wonder if maybe they'll they'll do the same thing for that series that they had to do for like uh, the Yusuke Murata version of One Punch Man, where like obviously if you read if you read it like digitally on the Tanari no Young Jump website, like they they obviously don't keep those like you know those those sort of like flip book esque kind of sequences from the manga digitally in in the in the volume releases. Uh, those had to be redrawn. Uh, for the physical releases, and I think they're the same way for the Viz release as well, which is unfortunate. Um, so I, I wonder if they'll have to do the same thing for that, where it's like, well, we'll have to redraw this for like the physical release. I wonder if maybe they'll go that far or something. Uh, Patrick, uh, I I see that you have to leave us a bit early, so uh, yeah, I, I just want to thank you real quick for for coming on the show. This was this was really fun. We'll have to have you on again. But uh, if you just want to quickly like plug anything you have, or you know, just let every let let the listeners know where they can find you before you go here sure uh so i co-host a podcast about uh tokusatsu specifically the latest well current but almost over season of super sentai lupon ranger versus pat ranger with grant the thief um so our, our show is called super senpai podcast and you can listen to it you can probably just search search based on that but we have we have direct links and everything to it um, uh, uh, all different whatever platforms. Uh, SuperSenpaiPodcast.Sockoverse.com And um, you can also follow me on Twitter um, at The Comic Fiend. I, I just re- I retweet a lot. <laughs> I mostly retweet a lot. Um, basically almost not the same quality stuff that Grant does, but plenty of dad jokes, plenty of horrible puns, and um, just other cool stuff. I don't know. I, I I like to do a lot of different things, and you can see most of it there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah, well, I, I definitely want to have you and Ranton for some kind of tokusatsu-related manga, just yeah. in general, on the show at some point. Like, I, I feel like we have to. Now that I finally realize again that, like, Kamen Rider is just available, so, like, we need to cover that at some point. I would love to read it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, take advantage of that. Um, but... But no, yeah. Thanks for thanks for coming on again, Patrick. I guess we'll uh, I guess we'll see you some other time. Yeah. All right. Y'all have a good Sunday. <laughs> All right. You <laughs> yeah, too. Have a great you afternoon. Too. Good to meet you, dude. See ya. Okay. So before we go on to the next part of the discussion, uh, which is basically going to be about ten minutes of Maxi going on about uh, his slight grievances with the Shutter Jump app from Viz. So. Uh, the next thing we sort of talk about here in this part of the show is, you know, we, we basically talk about, you know, One Punch Man and sort of wonder, you know, where it is and why it's not on the app yet, which is something everybody had been wondering, like, ever since the app had basically launched. And uh, literally the day after we recorded this episode, Viz had announced that uh, they had basically added the entirety of One Punch Man uh, to the Shonen Jump Vault, and are basically simulpubbing it again, it seems. Um, so, personally, I'm very happy about that. So, basically, I just wanted to come in here and make sure you guys knew that we basically complained about One Punch Man not being on the app before it was actually added to the app. So, uh, for everybody listening in the future, uh, it is now available on the app. Uh, you pay $2, and you basically can read all of One Punch Man, uh, which is pretty great. Um, it's also worth mentioning that uh, I believe on the same day um, there was an update for the Shonen Jump app where because uh, um, 
I and a few others on the podcast had mentioned that uh, that there was no way to basically, you know, keep track of where you were in a series. And uh, with the latest update, now there's a column basically telling readers, you know, where they left off in any particular series they're reading. Uh, like, uh, I guess, for instance, uh, right now I'm kind of reading Yu-Gi-Oh! through the um, through the Shonen Jump app. And uh, it's telling me that I left off at about uh, chapter 11, chapter 12. And so, yeah, uh, for anyone who's going through a backlog series on the app now, um, now you don't have to try and figure out what chapter you were on because the app uh, tracks that for you, which I think is really great. Um, you know, uh, clearly the guys over at Shoulda Jump are listening to our feedback and are doing everything they can to make the app better. So I'm I'm, I'm just super happy that the, that the team behind the... Uh, behind the Shonen Jump app are so responsive in uh, in listening to people's uh, feedback and criticisms. Makes me feel good about the people who are working on this app. Um, and that's pretty much all I can say about that. Um, but no, yeah, uh, just just wanted to let people know that One Punch Man is in the vault. Uh, the, uh, the guys over at Shonen Jump are still making updates to the app. Uh, they are listening to our feedback, so you know if you have problems with the app, just just tell them, let them know, and uh, and they'll get right to work. Uh, you know, fixing and updating the app. They do listen, which is great. And now back to the show. You know, I've been wondering something now that you've mentioned One Punch Man. Since the the Shonen Jump app service has changed, has it just? gone do we do we not get that anymore i don't know that well they have not made an official announcement of when it's coming back but whenever they are asked they're saying they're working on it so i think they are planning to have it return and added to the service at some point alongside other notably apps and series like hunter hunter on this app it's on manga plus so we know that it can be put on there at some point uh, and other series that are currently not available on either service. And it has to be said, I feel like the majority of feedback we're currently getting out loud about the Shonen Jump app, and I get there are logistics involved, is to say we're working on it, which is fine, understandable, really frustrating. Yes, it is a new service, and obviously they have to troubleshoot a lot of issues. I'm sure there's lots of rights and negotiations thing they need to make in order to have some series available on the service that they haven't been able to work through yet. So, you know, it, I think they really want to launch it when they did, even if they didn't have everything, like, as ready as it could have been. But... I think that, you know, so far, what's available on the service is a huge variety of content, and it's mo pretty it's pretty functional, and I think that'll only improve from there. So I feel like I, I'm confident that if we're patient and very quickly, some of the issues we're having will be addressed and resolved. Although, I mean, it, uh, one issue I have with, with both of the apps is almost certainly not going to get resolved, and I hate it. I hate it so much. Uh, so with, with Manga Plus, it's less evident, and I mean, Shreisha are going to do what they're going to do. Uh, my greatest frustration with the Shonen Jump app in particular uh, is that it has available in its archive many series not available yet. Keep in mind, Aishul 21, not on there yet. Oh, uh, like yeah. so, so many things, not on there yet. Do you know what is on there? 
Yeah, Ronnie Kenshin and all the other Ronnie Kenshin, Buso Rankin, and Gunblaze West. And the thing is, like, Buso Rankin, sure. Ronnie Kenshin, sure. Gunblaze West is a shit comic. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they had it in their archive, so they put it up. Like, they put up a lot of short stuff they had in their archive. So yeah, like, but I, you God, know, out of they could have just decided not to. Like, Ronnie Kenshin, whatever, Buso Rankin, whatever, like, they're things people actually have some level of demand for. Gunblaze West really is quite phenomenally bad even before this stuff with what Suki <laughs> happened the fact that they turned around and said ah oh, yeah we should definitely make sure to go and get that series up on there is so frustrating I, mean, I feel like content they just they had digitally already that they could just put on there. I feel like they just wanted to add that another was, like the extent of their decision making process with that I feel like they just wanted to add another number to the yeah list. really that's what I think it is yeah. and it's like it's unfortunate because I don't want to pay any royalties whatsoever to Watsky f- from my Shonen Jump subscription at all. So I hate that aspect of it so much. All we can really do is ignore it at this point. There's really nothing to be done. We can lobby them to take it down. They don't promote it at the very least. Like, they stopped promoting the omnibuses they were doing as soon as the Watsky scandal happened. They're not bringing back Hokkaido Arc. So they're not acknowledging Kenshin in their promotional materials, but it's on there. It's there for the people who still want to read it. But I don't. It's not great that it's on there because it being on there means Watsky gets some modicum of royalties, which is not good. Although I mean, uh, it, I'm I'm I'm, just, I'm gonna sorry. That now I've started mentioning Shonen Jump. I'm gonna keep just mentioning my incredibly minor grievances. Now uh, they've got the first three chapters of Love Rush, Red Sprite, and Robot Laser Beam on there. Yeah, you wonder why they don't just add those full runs. Yeah, yeah. Like... Well, well, when they when they're having so much trouble uh, filling in more backlog uh, covering the gaps in series like Act Age and Jujutsu Kaisen and stuff you would think a really easy solution when they clearly have enough of a license to keep those first three chapters up like for Red Sprite and Love Rush at least they're ten chapters each like you they wouldn't be the hardest thing to put on them and that's kind of you can't get anywhere else in English, other than that showing up subscription, because there is no volumes for those series in English. They probably so that never would be will a be. great uh, uh, pull. That would be a great like incentive to get people to do subscribe to the services to say, hey, we have series on here that are exclusive to here that are not in volume form that you can't buy in English in any other form. So you need to subscribe to read them here. They're missing a chance for other things like Stealth Symphony and Hi-Fi Cluster. And don't get me wrong, no one wants to read Hi-Fi Cluster. <laughs> but, but like Stealth, Stealth Symphony is still like handled by a, a really notable writer. Like it's Ryoko Narita, right? Like there's there's no reason for them not to outside of the license expiring. And I'm sure it would be a worthwhile draw to, to nab it again and just re-release the old material. Because that's all they have to do. I mean, the three chapters up are the jump start runs for these three titles. Like, they they 100% just re-put those chapters out. And, oh, it's just, there, there's so many ways they could minorly improve this service. <laughs> just because, um, I mean, what's a good comparison? By, both of these services, but especially the Shonen Jump service, need to be compared to... Uh, like-minded services in the market shonen jump as an app in particular is really similar to marvel unlimited and don't get me wrong marvel unlimited has been around a good long healthy while there's a reason why its catalog is ridiculously huge uh, and it's also got the advantage that the majority of its titles are already in english in on there 
Uh, there, there are actually a few Marvel titles that aren't, but I, I don't worry. It's fine. It's fine. Uh, it's a long story. But, like, they at least, they they release, before each month comes out, a list of what titles are going up week on week. And that's what the Shonen Jump app is really lacking. It's not got a plan going forward other than the release schedule for new series chapters, like the Simulpubs. And I get that. The Simulpub is the big draw. But everything else doesn't seem to have any push behind it, any sort of thing of going, ah, here's what we expect to be putting up this week, this month, this year... They're just kind of quietly doing stuff. Um, Kuroko's Basketball, I don't think, was there on the app from day one. And it's on there now. But but I don't think they ever announced it. I'm fairly sure it wasn't. I know the volumes were. I think it was. I remember seeing it day one. All I know is is there came a point, I know know Manovsky article, uh, Casey had the same thing where several months into the, well, a couple of months into the app's existence, he just went, oh, Kuroko's Basketball's on here. And I I literally the same day had done the same thing with that in Gunblaze West, where I could swear... They weren't there on the first day, and they I just kind of appeared. I remember that being their first day, too. I did notice that apparently okay. Barrage in some regions didn't show up until later, but in the yeah. U.S. it in did. In the U.S., that was their day one. Barrage turned up later for me. That one I can say for sure. There's no chat, there's no release dates or anything that you can look at to prove it one way or the other, which is really frustrating. Because <laughs> I'm just I just scroll down the list every couple of months and go, is there a new thing? They quietly removed Yu-Gi-Oh! Transcend game, the two-chapter uh, pr- uh, lead into Dark Side Dimensions from the service, and that was not announced at all. It's like, hey, this is leading. Which literally means that they've removed as much as they've added outside of Simulpub since it began, really. Like, Barrage came in and, <laughs> and Yu-Gi-Oh! Transcend game came out. And it's like, that's two chapters, but, like, that's still something. It's... It's a stagnant vault. They're not they're not doing anything to make it seem like anything other than literally a vault. It just contains things that are already there. I the mean, other... I'm very surprised that they didn't announce that the newest Shonen Jump series, Last Sayuki, will be available on their service. They announced it on the podcast. Yeah, but I it. did not see any social media of it. Like, unless you listen to the podcast, <laughs> you wouldn't know that. And, like, I listen to the podcast regularly enough. I didn't listen to it this week, though. But I always am on Twitter every day. I would see Shonen Jump tweets. I would, if So if they had tweeted about it, I would know that, hey, we are at doing Last Sayuki. It is going to be up uh, next Sunday. And I didn't find out about that until I went to the site today and saw the banner that said, hey, we're doing Last Sayuki. So... It's so frustrating. And the thing is, I'm sure the podcast is fine. I listen to enough podcasts. Like, <laughs> I, I, I'm, I'm not adding it to my rotation, and that's not a mark against it. It's just I'm not that into manga podcasts that I'm not occasionally on. It's just a true fact. Um, Honestly, that's fair. <laughs> Good thing we have you on a guest so often. You need to stay invested in the goings on of what we talk about. I'll, I'll always be invested in this because I actually really like, I mean, I've always liked Manga Mavericks even before you guys had me on. Oh, thank um, you. Oh, thanks, Max. Yeah, you know, I've got to praise you a little bit. But that's not a way to announce news. Uh, they, they answer questions relating to, to the app and the website and and their products on the podcast. People ask them questions. I mean, sometimes it'll just be, you know, a name stuff or whatever, like, oh, which Naruto character has the best hair? And as we all know, it's Shikamaru, because it's a pineapple. <laughs> um, You're not wrong. Like, that's... That's not how you do good community interaction because it requires them to engage purely on that platform. Like, 
they, they, they've answered things going, oh, this this stuff's coming up on the podcast eventually. Oh, we'll be doing this. They they don't put that anywhere else. They they need to have a regularly updated FAQ where any question relating to these apps that comes up on the podcast is like immediately transcribed and banged onto it. Like, I mean, they really need to answer this on Twitter or like social media because that's where people see it. Not not everyone's gonna go to the FAQ unless they link you to the FAQ. Like most people are not like immediately. Oh, I'm gonna find out information from the FAQ. They'll ask them on Twitter. Even first. doing that would be something, though. Yeah, even that would be something. They just. Uh, I've said before when being critical of Viz and Shonen Jump that the problem is is it feels like they advertise internally. Anything that advertises their product is on a site already dedicated to that sort of product. And I feel like them answering stuff to do with the Shonen Jump app or dealing with the stuff of it on the podcast is an even worse version of that. It doesn't do a good enough job getting the work out there, for sure. Mm -hmm. Absolutely not. And I mean, that took us away from talking about the Manga Plus series for a bit, but I really had to vent about it. The the Shonen Jump app just has so many things that wind me up. And the Manga Plus app, don't get me wrong, they they don't announce much from it. They don't talk about much from it. But I feel like it's... uh... I mean, Manga Plus has been doing more promotion thanks to their interviews with A&M that are like still rolling out every now and again. We still get interviews. We still get more Yeah, Anime News Network are doing 99% of the work for like letting people know what's going on with Manga Plus. And that's fine. I feel like that's a really healthy relationship at this point. It doesn't seem to involve any... uh, any critical element it seems to mostly be interviews and news pieces and i mean that that's the ideal is to go and have a place where you can go to and they will have the information yeah. mm-hmm. and, that, and that's not to say manga plus is perfect but i feel like it doesn't need to engage you as much uh because you know it it takes you it loads quickly it takes you to the latest updates page where it shows you past 24 hours past two days past three days and that and then you go to featured and it will almost always have things divided up into useful sections you know weekly shown and jump jump plus jump square and then like a few genres and i think that's useful i like that shonen jump has this whole thing of being like here's our featured series this week you can binge read this whole thing but uh i i i don't think that's enough uh, not that they're in competition with each other as far as we know it's weird that they came out so close together, but I don't know if it just became a case of, like, the planning for one inspiring the other or something. Yeah, though it is interesting, Viz doesn't really acknowledge or discuss Manga Plus a whole lot on their podcast or on their social media. Yeah, like, I haven't seen them mention it even once. So it makes me worry that there might be some rivalry, some sort of intercompany competition between these two services well i I wonder if there's some benefit whether it's uh on-site advertising or something that comes up with reading the new chapters for free through viz that benefits them more than people reading the new ones through manga plus because they're free on i think it definitely benefits them if you read the new chapters on their service yeah because because it's like yeah because it's like site traffic and app users and stuff it gives them metrics but at the same time it's it's still another way of reading this stuff. You'd think it would at least get a cursory mention, uh, especially to people outside of the 10 Viz territories, which again, I can't say this enough. If you're, if you're listening, anyone out there, Shonen Jump as a service, the Viz one, 10 countries, not just America. You can keep saying it as much as you like, 10 countries is more than America. Yeah. <laughs> I'm fed up of hearing it's that. It's in the UK, Canada, Ireland, New Zealand, Australia, South Africa, the Philippines, Singapore, and India. If you live in any of those countries, you can access the Vision Jump. 
And honestly, that's worth it. If you can access the Viz Shonen Jump for all that I've just gone on a massive tirade, like it having Vigilantes and it having uh, Boys Over Flowers Season 2, those are two of my favorite things I'm reading right now. Uh, I like I like Vigilantes more than My Hero Academia. Like, that's just I kind of agree. Especially, like, nowadays I feel like, wow, I'm feeling more invested in Vigilantes than the main series. And that, that's not to downplay My Hero Academia. I think it's just... Uh, Vigilantes has got a lot more room to play with because it's not stuck with the school setting and it's been able to have like massive asides with uh with characters outside of the main trio. It's nice to see looks at like supporting characters from MHA uh and have them be involved in like a deeper respect in Vigilantes. Uh, I mean, while, while while we're on this episode, I think there's I I have nothing to say about uh Cold A or ALDK or whichever way they want that to be referred to. Uh, I've not read that at all or Moonland, but um, have any of you guys been checking out Curtains Up? I have read another one that I really enjoy. I think it's like a very interesting, different approach to an acting manga than Act Age, whereas Act Age is focused on kind of like the negative. Uh, kind of like some of the consequences of embodying a character and losing yourself in acting. I think Curtains Up is about expressing yourself through acting and finding yourself in like a healthy way. It's allowing the main character to express emotions he's normally unable to communicate with people because of his social anxiety and his awkwardness. But through embodying a different character, he's able to express himself and vent emotions that he's otherwise keeping in bottle up inside and i think that's a really interesting and different take from active that i think is just uh very compelling and interesting yeah i read it after uh maxi's recommendation of it on twitter actually and i definitely agree with a lot of that like i love active a lot yeah but it definitely this definitely takes a very different take on it like active is very much about the dangers of immerse yourself yeah. in the role and, and how Kay to... finds herself through acting as well but there's always that presence of danger that she's walking a tightrope and she falls off she can fall off the deep end and like kind of destroy herself if she gets too into character it can hurt her but there's no element of that in curtains up it's yeah. all about like the positive aspect like of the experience. like this isn't as prevalent in the chapters that have been shown on at least the the Viz Shonen Jump stuff because of the big gap, but uh, the big a big running trend actage is that these talented actors deep inside have an insecurity that makes them mentally broken. Yeah, and it's them trying to deal with managing reality with the roles that they have to play. While Curtains Up is kind of learning how to channel those emotions in a healthy way. Yeah. But we cut off Maxi a little too much. Yeah, Maxie, sorry, please, Maxi. Kind of go into your thoughts on it. Sorry, it's me just trying to just trying to find that gap to go and talk. Uh, you know, it, it's it's the the battle royale of the manga mavericks. It's the the enjoyment of the podcast. It's just seeing who can get in. Uh, so yeah, I'm I'm very surprised, Vilo, that uh, my recommendation for cuts off my off actually resounded with you because I'm pretty sure part of it was me saying that it's. Uh, better than act age which i don't particularly like very much okay but that makes me interested in reading it though if you're saying it's better than act age then yeah i'm gonna well, read it and the, and the thing is it, i think the motivation behind me liking it more actually really does come down to what you've paid there it's about the enjoyment and fulfillment of doing something creative where you can uh express yourself in ways you find difficult to do in reality through through a creative medium like that's something i've always found the the entire reason for doing things and i think it's a big part as to why i've recently given up doing anything creative for the moment uh but like uh, 
it, it's it's an inspiring and uplifting series. And Act Age as a comparison is kind of drab and about going, hey, look, here's some broken people. I, I wonder how they'll get through this scene or embodiment of a role, uh, or at least from where I've had to pick up, because obviously there's like a 30-something chapter gap. Act Age definitely deals with really heavy emotions involving like pain and loss and... Uh... I get finding your identity and stuff. Yeah, like I feel though, I feel though at the end of the day, it's about them trying to overcome that and yeah. live better lives while also continuing their acting careers. Yeah, I feel like we definitely got that with the uh, Arya is his name, right? Yeah, Arya. Yeah, with the Arya story and him like kind of dealing with the impending death of his mentor and like grappling with his feelings towards him through uh, the night of the group we were able to play. Like I think that you know. There is a there was like an element of like he got too into the role and was like kind of losing sight of himself. But like ultimately at the end of the day, that experience allowed him to come to peace with his relationship with his mentor and like, you know, get some closure there. So ultimately it was like it was cathartic for the character and it did help him mature and grow. Yeah, like I, I think it's fair to say it was cathartic for the character, but it was absolutely pissing miserable like, i'm not saying that a comic has to go and be positive but like i i feel like the closure that the character got out of that didn't make for a, an uplifting conclusion to to that section of his character arc it it just kind of went well he's dealt with that now back to the strange misery of acting and that's the problem it doesn't make acting seem fun or enjoyable it seems like the authors have turned around and said hey, what if we showed you how this career isn't something that you should want to do as a teenager with aspirations? It's it's almost the opposite of friendship effort victory. It's like they've, they're all friends and they're making the effort, but the victory is just that they carry on. Yeah, I mean, like, I think of this, I think part of it is that a lot of these characters aren't doing acting necessarily because they think it's fun. They're doing it because they don't know what else to do with their lives. Like, Yonagi's yeah. literally gotten so messed up from her childhood that acting became her coping mechanism, and she doesn't know how to live without it. I think that's the fascinating part about acting, is that it is so anti-jump in that way. Is that the victory is not triumphant. It's just like, we live in the, we get to live another day, like, you know, just in this world, just dealing with all the shit we've had to go through in life. Hmm. Well, that's the thing. I think it, it's, it definitely embodies this whole thing of being anti, uh, anti-jump. And I, I do appreciate it for that. And I think I've talked myself through this into hating it. <laughs> hating it, no. No, sorry, I phrased that poorly. Liking it less. I still like it as a comic. See, I'm, but, I'm, um, I'm not saying these are necessarily the same thing, but just, just as somebody who is into super depressing media such as, like, shows like bojack horseman and whatnot like that honestly this this sounds like something i'd be really into and i mean i i say that like i haven't read it like obviously i i read the the i read the jumpstart chapters of act age and i really really liked it but like hearing you guys talk about it and like you're talking about like where it goes from there like just makes me want to read it more <laughs> yeah, yeah that the gap that they have right now uh that is basically the entirety of the death island arc is so good and i wish it was on there eventually like, but like yeah. uh, as far as curtains up go like if you want an acting manga that isn't rooted in such heavy <laughs> like dark emotions I and mean, is about like a group of characters who like enjoy acting and are like really supportive and nice to each other then yeah 
yeah, definitely Reed Curtin's <laughs> up because it's definitely the anti-act age in that respect. Like, all the characters in the acting club are super nice to the main character. And, like, of course, like, he has, he's very self-loading and he hates himself. So he, he thinks that every, like, interaction, like, people are thinking the worst of him. But, like, no, like, the, all the characters are super supportive and nice people. And at the end of the chapter, like, he's able to recognize, yeah, this is a group of people who is welcoming of me and that I can... I feel I can feel at home with and a part of, and this, these people can be my friends, and I enjoy acting. It's like a really nice, satisfying first chapter that leaves you feeling good. Yeah, there's a very nice group dynamic, and I do like the whole competition aspect that they have of it between like other schools and later chapters. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it it's just such a yeah, positive. They, they managed show. to make a, a tournament arc out of yeah, theater. That's it, amazing. I didn't think this could be possible, especially since. Like, from how it works, they literally are acting out the same play every time. But the way they uh, depict it is, like, every time they're showing the actual play, it's a different part of the play that you hadn't seen before. That's a really so smart it's like, way to do it. You're, like, piecing it together in your mind, and it's, like, really cool. The play itself is also super interesting. Like, the Prison of Oz, Rematching a Mr. of Oz, and a modern-day Japan, and Juvenile Detention Center. Like, you want to see more of that story. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, okay, so th- there's a couple more series. I've not checked out Sign of Abyss, so I've got I've got nothing to say there. Oh, Vlord, you and I have both read that. Right? Yeah, I was really impressed by this chapter. I had heard uh, some good things about this manga before, but it is for one thing, it's beautiful. But also, I just really like the main character and how it's kind of him trying to redeem himself after like causing yeah. a catastrophe that caused the deaths of a lot of people. And it's like, yeah, I love stories about protagonists trying to redeem themselves and also trying to be pacifistic, wanting to, having to live in a world where, like, they are forced into conflicts, but they don't want to hurt people and they don't want to, like, cause pain or harm to others, you know? they Like, it's very much like, you know, Lash to St. Pete and Trigun. It's the protagonist, Joel, does not want to cause any more suffering, pain to other people. Like, even when he is, like, the villain of the first chapter, like, is fighting him, he's, like, attacking him. Like, he does not want to retaliate because Joel's power is super destructive. It's like a abyss that will suck up everything, destroy everything. It's what, like, destroyed an entire town. And he's trying to, his goal is like to find a magic that will bring all the people he killed back to life. And like, he's not able to control his power, but thanks to uh, the help of a woman called Mem, who has like a key of memory, like that allows him to control his power of the abyss and basically allows him to suck up all the attacks of the the, uh, antagonist, the first chapter. So he wins the fight without ever having to actually like fight back. He just sucks up all of the attacks of the other person. And it ends without either side being hurt. And that's, like, such an interesting, like, angle. Yeah. Like, I know the entirety of the series is on the Manga Plus app. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm definitely going to be binging this when I have some time. Yeah. Another series of very gorgeous arc. Of a protagonist with, like, a really different goal in terms of, like, he wants to make amends for, like, what he has done. And he's searching for a way to bring the people he's killed back to life. And... I want to see where that goes. No, definitely. Especially, like, what situations he'll be forced in where he might have to fight back and hurt someone. It's very much a Bachelor's and like character and how Bachelor's a pacifist. And, you know, he never... He, he tries to fight in a way that won't kill or hurt people. 
But, like, eventually in that series, things force his hand that people die in spite of his efforts. And I want to see what kind of situations Jones will get into where he'll also have to deal with difficult situations like that and how he'll respond to them. I think you'd be really interested. If that's the sort of uh, uh, character arc you like saying, you, you'd weirdly enjoy, I think, uh, James Roberts's Transformers comics with Monomitsuya and Lost Light because a massive chunk of that is about... Uh, Megatron trying to uh, be pacifistic and not necessarily redeem himself, but be a better person in the wake of what had been millions of years of genocide. Oh damn! That, that sounds, sounds cool. in really interesting. Yeah, I got Megatron that. trying to be redeem himself. Wow. Yeah, and 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 I think it it kind of does the fascinating thing of acknowledging that you can't really do that, but still following the character as he tries anyway. And I, f- I feel like that this sounds weirdly in that same sort of vein whilst also not being nearly as uh, dramatically evil as Megatron <laughs> used to be, for like a better phrasing. But like hear- hearing that explanation definitely ticked things in my brain that went, oh, I like this thing, so I should probably check this yeah, out. Yeah, another recommendation from us, for sure. Well, well, let me let me throw that here. Out, out of the three that remain, uh, do you have strong feelings about any of them that you, that you, you want to get out there? Yeah, I think Moonland is quite good. Uh, I like the premise of it. Like, it's this character who likes doing these athletics and gymnastics because of how freeing he finds the movement. He's not a competitive person, so, like, at the start, he, you know, was not interested in being in the club to compete in competitions, but through the first chapter and, like, you know, actually taking the competition seriously after the rival character insults his friend, you know, he finds that he does enjoy being more adventurous in, like, what he can do with gymnastics. And then after seeing the rival character perform his uh, routine, he's, like, mesmerized by, like, how graceful he is and, like, how freeing the, the way he can move his body is. And he wants to achieve that for himself. He finds like the flexibility, the weightlessness he can do with gymnastics to be like the highest form of freedom. And I think that's a really interesting hook for the series. And I think that, yeah, I quite enjoyed reading that first chapter. And I think it's like a good like sports series. Uh, I think that the other two series have, uh, I feel like Landlock has an interesting premise in the sense that it's a very much, like, to me, it reminded me a lot of Lost, just in the sense of, like, this a plane crashes, a group of people, survivors have to survive in this unknown environment. Uh, there's also this uh, element of, you know, minors are now available for the death penalty. So all, everyone on this plane were minors who are being basically carted off to a prison where they're going to be, you know, executed at some point. But the plane has crashed in this really cold mountainy area. And so now all these, like, young convicts kind of have to, like, survive on the road in, like, this, like, barren, icy wasteland. It's like, oh, where is that going to go? And there's, like, this whole element of mystery of, like, whether the main protagonist actually killed his family or not, and or, like, whether he is framed, and, like, what the story behind that is. So, a po- possibly stupid question, but you have to roll with me because uh, the, my family at the half Welsh, it always, uh, it always feels relevant. When you say minors, you mean young people, not people that dig stuff up, right? Yes, yes, I mean uh, young people. <laughs> okay, thank you. I was having a very different image of the series. <laughs> now that'd be an interesting twist on it. Finally, minors are going to get their due. <laughs> <laughs> 
I was just like to myself, I was going, I'm pretty sure miners can still get the death penalty. Hiding underground <laughs> won't save you. <laughs> They're above the law, or I guess below the law in this case. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then the final series uh, that we haven't talked about it is Cold Eight, King of the Living Dead, which is a lot, reminding me a lot of Walking Dead. Uh, just from all the hearsay I have heard about Walking Dead, even though I've never watched or read it myself, they even have a character basically who is called the mayor in the series, which is, uh, who reminded me a lot of what I heard from the governor from The Walking Dead. Uh, basically, you know, zombies uh, are around. There are, like, gated communities to keep the zombies out. Uh, and then one kid, you know, like, his family goes to one of these, like, uh, sectors, these gay communities, but the mayor is super corrupt and evil, kills his mom. Uh, he's betrayed by a stranger they had helped, you know, and... The mayor had forced them to fight amongst themselves of, like, who they'd keep in the community. And then the stranger betrayed him. So he's thrown out. He gets attacked by his mom, who is turned into a zombie uh, after being, you know, killed and thrown out. And then, like, he is saved, though, by this crazy scientist lady who has figured out that zombification is caused by parasites that invade the body. And, like, one kind of digs their way up to the brain and can take control of the body. So she implanted a, paras a different parasite that doesn't have zombification powers into his brain. And so now he has powers to control the parasites and other zombies. And, uh, yeah. So this is probably the series I was least interested in out of all the ones on Manga Plus. I like the scientist lady's design, though. She she looks uh, very cool with, like, her bold outlines of her eyes. Like, I would read the series only for that character. And, uh... What's the series called again? Uh, Cold Eight, the King of the Living Dead. Weirdly, be I guess because of some sort of uh, language thing, I think the, the thumbnail art thing literally says like 8LDK. So like it, it can make it a little hard to 100% uh, keep up with its naming. But yeah, I mean, it's, it sounds interesting. The art's kind of shonky, but in a way that I think is suitable for the genre. Yeah, I feel like it definitely has the roughest art out of all the series. Uh on Manga Plus. Yeah, I'm a bit surprised, like, Manga Plus even bothered to get it, though, since from when I checked, by the time Manga Plus started up, it had already gotten cancelled. Really? Hmm. Yeah. Interesting. And even, like, like oh, it's yeah, over. even Landlock is apparently selling pretty badly, so I'm surprised they even bothered with that. I mean, it's... Landlock has the disadvantage, selling-wise, of being a full-color comic, like. Yeah, true. So, so like, it, it costs more. It's not going to sell as much. So that gets a different sort of leeway compared to a, a series like Cold Eight. Mm, that's a fair point. I, I feel like while we're talking about these new app services, it's probably worth giving some lip service to both the, the, the previous three new series, which were, like, the first from the beginning new titles on the Shonen Jump service, and also maybe, I guess, Jujutsu Kaisen and Demon Slayer. But, um... I don't know how well you guys are doing at, at keeping up with uh, those in particular as more series with gaps in oh, them. Oh, I've kept up. I think that Jujutsu Kaisen was a series that was really easy to just jump into. I thought, because like the, where they filled up the gap, uh, well, chapters four to six that they had added when uh, they you know added Jujutsu Kaisen uh, to the Viz service was like going over Nobara's backstory and stuff. And then chapter 40, which is the chapter they started Simulpub, is like her fi like fighting, uh, basically beginning a fight in this tournament art thing. So like that was kind of easy because I understood that character. So I can understand like what kind of 
was her motivations in this fight and say like oh, some we're getting some more parts of her backstory into that there and i also just thought like basically the tournament art kind of thing like where we jumped into where what where the series was at was kind of easy just to follow and it was intriguing because we got introduced to these characters like maki that i thought was really cool so you know there was all there was stuff going on that was just really easy to follow and get me intrigued by so i have not had a trouble of following with the goings on in jujutsu kaisen act age was more difficult because it was like towards the climax of this arc right with aria so i was like i don't know who aria is yet but you know as I continued reading, I understood, okay, this is his deal. His mentor, Iwao, is dying on his deathbed. Uh, now, we, like, I understand, like, what the stakes of his story is and what the climax, uh, is, what the goal of this climax is. And then the hardest one for me was Demon Slayer, because that is the widest gap. It was a hundred... Yeah. Uh, 20 plus chapter gap I and it's like in this big climactic arc where they're going yeah. against I was gonna say it feels like it's in the final like final arc <laughs> it is the final arc they they announced it's the final yeah, arc yeah so, so it's like the big climactic Jesus. arc with you know they're going up against Muzan and his uh his Kiseki or whatever the Kizuki Kizuki and it's like I hadn't even read past the jumpstart one when I I mean the first six chapters when I like oh god that must have been even more confusing so yeah I was even more confused because I didn't didn't even know who Muzan was yet so uh, I I since have read those first couple volumes of the series uh, that Miz has put out so far so I understand it a little better now but it's still like there's so many characters that I I don't I'm do not the, uh, know their histories at all. Like, uh, the which one of the Hashira has died? Uh, her, Shinobu. Shinobu. Like, I, you know, I didn't know like her deal, and it's like I, I still could understand like the fight. You know, like yeah. the, the story and action is still really great. It's just that man, if I, I wish I had more context for who these characters are, relationships, what's going on, stakes of the things that's going on. Yeah, a lot of these characters, particularly the Hashira and the Kizuki, get introduced around volume six, I think. So, yeah, so that's that's, that's definitely difficult for a lot of people who aren't like caught up with that. Yeah. As far as Jujutsu Kaisen went. I, I've caught up now with it, but when I was initially reading it out of context, it was a bit confusing for me. I, I'm literally, I'm buying the, the volumes in Japanese, and uh, I think until today, there w- there was still a 14 chapter gap. Wow. So, yeah. like, I'm, I, I was with you guys. <laughs> but yeah, as far as Jujutsu Kaisen goes, though, like, I wasn't really into it when the jump start happened. Like, I thought it was just, like, kind of okay, not really something I thought would stick around. But then when I read past that and got to around chapter 10, that's where it really sold me. Like, it started doing a lot of things that I really wasn't expecting from Among and Shonen Jump, especially so early into its run. And I think a lot of people who are on the fence about it right now, I think when Viz eventually does fill that gap, are going to probably feel the same way. Because it does a lot of really cool things in yeah. that kind of middle section. I mean, I noted that the series, out of the group that it debuted in, alongside Noah's Notes and Zika, I said, I remember I said back then that the series that I thought would have the most legs was going to be Jujutsu Kaisen. And I even wasn't that high on it. I just thought that because of its premise and because of like what it was doing i thought it would reach audiences and can lick with them better than the other two and yeah it's become quite successful and reading chapter four to six i was like 
I, that those were the chapters that like sold me like Nobar as a character and then that like getting introduced to her and then you know jumping into it I, there's just so many things I like about it. I like that there's so many awesome kick-ass female characters in the series I like the action it's really well drawn and really interesting I think that and I like that the series it has kind of this dark edge to it with how creepy like these demon designs are like the and like how the author Giga Katama is able to like really communicate a sense of dread and horror in it it's really fun to read yeah i think akatami really does a great job of like balancing that action with the horror especially in the new chapters where they're finally fighting uh hanami mm -hmm. and now i think it's like uh toto and itadori uh teaming up against him yeah there's just some great dynamic action there it really like pumps you up it's it's really good most definitely Again, I'm glad it's landed for you, because if memory serves right, I don't think either you or Colton were hot on it at all when it started. I, I definitely... I mean, I don't know. I didn't think it was, like, bad, but, like... I I, I, I think it was something, like you said, it was generic. <laughs> which, to be fair, it starts off pretty generic. It, like, it takes about a volume to get going. Yeah, it starts off generic, and then it just really turns on its head. Very quickly, like, too. Yeah, like, reading even the first three chapters, I think by chapter two, like... Just Itadori's resolve to die to, like, for the greater good just, like, really surprised me. Because he doesn't have necessarily a, like, big ambitious goal, like, say, like, Austin Black Clover or something. Yeah. Like, he's literally doing this just as a self like that selfless act to, like, prevent what happened to his friends from happening to other people. Yeah. Hmm. I mean, Jujutsu Kaisen is kind of in that same category for me as, like, Kimetsu no Yaiba, where, like, you know, I wasn't really super hot on the Jumpstart chapters for those when those came out, but, like, you know, the more I hear about either series, the more I kind of want to give them another chance, so, you know, there's that. Kimetsu no Yaiba was another one that I was super hot on, and, yeah, I'm glad, I'm glad that uh, my best hosts were panned out, and we're here three years later yeah. singing its phrases. It took until the final <laughs> So, so cl clearly, I am not good at judging whether uh, some of these jump series are going to actually stay or not. So it's okay, Colton. <laughs> I mean, we were both pulling for Noah's notes, which did not pan out. Yeah, poor Noah's notes. It it wasn't very good after no. that first three chapters. So much promise at the start. But... I was I was really really gunning for Noah's notes. I really wanted it to stay and be good. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah, but I guess um, it's just while we're kind of talking about jump in general. Um, I know we sort of we, we sort of talked about a lot of the uh I guess newer series that premiered a couple months back at this point, you know, Chainsaw Man, Neolation, and uh Hellward and Higuma. I'm kind of interested in how you guys feel about these series now that we're a bit further in them, because I feel like I've really turned around on um on Chainsaw Man for the most part. Not not that I like hate it or anything. I, I still I still kind of enjoy reading it, but like out of everything I'm reading in Shonen Jump at the moment it's it's probably the like because usually how i read like all the simul pubs is i go in order from what i'm the least excited to read to the thing i want to save for last because i'm the most excited to read it that that's just how, that no big that, that's just how uh, i work i have a question about that later actually um, so what was that maxi i said I, ha I have a question about that reading thing uh, uh later or rather um 
when we get through all of this, I just want to make a point of asking which three things on on between all the services like are like your your big must reads as they come out. But we'll come to that later because I, I've got so much to say. Colton, are you trying to say you don't like I Chainsaw Man that much? Please send hate mail. Well, see, see, here, here's here's the thing. Here's the thing. Right. The, this is this is my thing. Is that. I still really like the first chapter of Chainsaw Man because I can personally I can get behind a character who has literally nothing and like you know I I thought it was really sort of touching how like you know you just have this down and about kid who like has this uh has all this huge debt to work off because of his because of his father and like you know he he can't even afford like you know, the basic necessities and he barely eats and like, you know, he, he wants for things that like, you know, we would take for granted. And I, I found that really compelling. But, you know, I like as the series has gone on, it's kind of gone from that to, oh, I just I just want to cop a feel, which I'm not <laughs> I don't know, like I have mixed feelings about that. Like, I I don't know. I just I, I just I feel like his motivations from the beginning just aren't as compelling as they used to be. I, I kind of agree, to be honest. Like, I, mean, I really he's not a sympathetic character anymore. He's not. But I still find the series very entertaining. Okay, all okay, the yeah. Protagonists and me, are me too. That's the thing. Terrible people in their own way, and I so it kind of balances out. Like his desire to Copperfield is more innocent than most of the other protagonists' motivations, and. So it it feels fine in this universe where it's like so much want and debt and like uh, this the attitude people had towards situations is so nonchalant. It's like, well, uh, that happened. I've killed this person. Oh well, I'm killing this demon now. <laughs> you know, like I okay, liked, I th- I like that tone. It's fun to me. And yeah, uh, I yeah. agree. Yeah, like I feel like it's so it's so trashy, but yeah. in an enjoyable way. Like I've definitely have waned on it, like Colton, since the initial chapter. Yeah, but it it's still enjoyable to read. I'm just not yeah. sure. Like, does it have the legs to keep like maintaining my interest? Because I I just don't know where it's going anymore. Yeah, that's the thing too. Oh, guys, we 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 all we couldn't be more different <laughs> to any of you. It is hands down. Like it, it, it's in my pantheon of greatest, greatest Shonen Jump titles ever. It's in my top three things running oh, in Shonen okay. Jump right now. Wow! Um, be- because it, th- this is this is what I really want from the idea of an anti Shonen Jump series. It is one hundred percent about friendship, effort, and victory. It really is. In the like most the, twisted the way. <laughs> Yeah, the friendship bond is so important that it is literally embedded in the body of our main character. Like, he's had to fuse with his best friend to survive. Uh, and, and, he, and he is making effort constantly to, to do the right thing, but for the wrong reason. And he gets what he wants from the wrong reasons. Like, it's, it's twisted and dark, but in a really, in a really great way. It feels like the same sort of clever commentary on what it means to be a Shonen Jump manga that Madaka Box had, but without being up itself. And I love Madaka Box, I do. And Chainsaw Man, it, it executes so perfectly on this idea, and it does it while also being really, really witty in how it writes itself. Like, there's no illusions that the character's main desires being, like, so base and simple are things to criticise. Everyone criticises them. Even even Power, a literal demon and best Shonen Jump character ever made, <laughs> like, recognises that everything about Denji's motivation is utter garbage. <laughs> but 
but like it's still it's still this endearing thing because it's just someone who's had nothing deciding how he wants to crawl up to having something and it started with like oh i, I just want to have like physical contact with another human being and then it's gone up to oh but now what if it was a pleasurable sort of contact and it's like he he's working up through base desires to the point where he might one day become an actual complete human being Mm-hmm. And I, yeah. I find that so fascinating. And again, it is it is helped so much by the fact that the the wider cast is at, at the very minimum interesting characters. Uh, I mean, I said Power's the best Shonen Jump character of all time. I I stand by that. She's absolutely fucking awful in every way she behaves, but it's likable because it's so uh so charismatic in it in its uh, base simplicity. It's just I like my cat. I don't wash, I don't flush my turds. Also, I'm a demon. And that's perfect. <laughs> she's just, she's, she is the ultimate trash baby. And I think that's what I've been missing. There hasn't been a good trash goblin in any manga series in Jump in such a good while. Like, Charmy in Black Clover comes close, but she's still depicted as being, you know, really deep down quite a sweet and likable, like, being. Uh, but, but Power, Power's just the worst, and I love her. <laughs> Honestly, Maxi, I think those are all very valid points, and <laughs> I can't really help but agree. Um, I don't know. For me personally, though, um, I feel like the, the the series that I have enjoyed, I've ended up like looking forward to the most out of the out of these three in particular has been Neolation. Yeah, I Same would agree here. with that. Really, Neolation really start has started off strong, like that. Uh, Lemming's app arc was really compelling and good. Had a good like core with the friendship between uh, the female, the two, the female lead and her friend, whatever. And then you know the way that ended though was like what the real shocker, the hook point was when it introduced Gavaudin and like him as this mastermind character behind all these crimes and then the very next chapter when he confronts neo and like there's this big bluff that neo thinks he's got the upper hand and bluffing about in the bucking out but then it's revealed that about knew the whole time neo was a bluffing and he was just making a fool of him it was so good and that is the point where it's like yeah please this series is going for a long time i need to see this conflict between neo and get and go on because this immediately you introduce such a great antagonist for the series uh, i and you got me hooked to see where this is gonna go now Man, like I'm, I'm really glad that they've introduced uh, Gavaldon so early on because, like, I, I think without a character to give Neo a run for his money, the series would not be as exciting as it is right now. Yeah, I mean, Neo had always had the upper hand for this point, but then you finally have someone who's like completely outsmarted him, and it's like you, in me, and that's like, okay, now this is the point where Neo has become the underdog in this conflict, and now we want to, I want to see like what he's gonna do to take this guy down. Uh, the the creators have been very clever um, with taking the taking that little bit of extra time before introducing the villain this time as well. Because uh, but beforehand in the Jump Giga run where it was just called Neo, uh, that that guy was there from pretty much the get go, and I think it lacked the impact. Uh, by by taking the moment and having that one big focal chapter to really reveal his deal and show how much he's above Neo's level, like really really helped sell it. Uh, it might be a case of too little too late uh or at least it's seeming like it might be i'm hoping it's not though because i really do like neo for uh weirdly not so much for the story but for the little extra things you get to learn and of course for brandon's lettering because yeah he's very good, he's good. Job. but um 
Yeah, you know, just just got to praise our pals occasionally. Yeah, yeah but <laughs> of course, but like there, there's an entire thing in uh, what what is at the time the most recent chapter in about an hour and forty minutes. It won't be <laughs> uh, that like just went into details about how drift racing doesn't really happen anymore because modern cars have uh, auto braking systems. <laughs> And like, and how you can hack around that, and I was just like, "That's absolutely brilliant!" Just getting to learn little, little actual technological things like that uh, in just just little fact forms is really intriguing. Like, pulls me in a little bit into that world because, because uh, I mean, uh, the, the other cats in in the Elation, other than other than uh, Neo himself, aren't massively up on their technology, so they get to be your sort of viewpoint character that learns it all in a very natural way. And I, I think that's great. The, the thing I'm actually the most interested, though, is uh, how, uh, Lum, how do, how do you feel about Hell Warden's Higuma? Because I know we, we've mentioned so many times on the podcast that I know, you know, you're not a super huge fan of Supernatural series usually. But like, I want to I want to know how, what you feel about uh, Higuma in particular now that we're a good way into its run, because personally, I feel like it's gotten I feel like it's gotten more exciting just in general. Especially with this uh, current arc with the uh, with the fox demon. Yeah, I mean, from the start, I thought Hellward and Hikuma had a great emotional core, if you remember our Jumpstart review. Uh, so I was hooked on it from kind of the start, and I liked the thematic idea behind it. And I admit, though, Hikuma is one that I've fallen behind on. Not because I not don't enjoy the series, I still quite enjoy the series, uh, but it's just that, of I guess, of the three, it's the one that has made it kept me hooked to read the next chapter least and not by any fault of its own by being like inferior just because like if i in what i'm naturally finding myself wanting to read is like neolation first and then chainsaw then second and then higama and so it's turned out that higama is the one that i fall behind of from week and don't read the chapter and for, I need to catch up next so i still think it's really strong and uh really entertaining i and yeah i i just think that it's uh still enjoyable i don't have too many more thoughts to add on than from when we first talked about it like a month or so ago but i like the protagonists and i like the way the powers are depicted in the series and i like kind of the message at its core yeah, like, Kikamo's a really good manga. Like, it's just a generally solid series. Yeah. But I feel like, at the same time, that's kind of to its detriment when there's a lot of other Weekly Shonen Jump series with similar ideas to it. We haven't gotten something in Higuma that's akin to Gevaudin in Neolation or like when Power was introduced and that arc that we've had recently with her. Like, I feel like those are real hooking points for those series. And Higuma, I still think, is looking for its real hooking point that's going to take it to like the next notch up. I, I guess so far my hooking point would be just like how visceral each demon is than the last because, you know, at the, at the time of this recording you know the the current arc in higuma is basically higuma is basically on like on the prowl looking for uh this fox demon who who basically possesses mothers to basically kill their children and then kill the mother uh which is just like they, they don't shy away from the violence uh either as much which i thought was pretty oh, shocking it gets real dark yeah it gets really yeah. dark and it it seems like they're leading into some sort of, I don't want to say a sympathetic backstory, but like, 
you know, it, it seems like we're kind of getting like bits and pieces about how like, you know, where, where these demons want to see but basically want Higama to see like the like basically the other side of the coin where it's like, well, how do the demons feel about being imprisoned or being hunted or whatever, which I think is kind of interesting. And I hope it leads to some more interesting down the line. Well, I, I think it had a pretty satisfying statement on it by being like, like how the demons feel doesn't matter at the end of the day. What they're doing is like a, a, a very selfish and dark act. And I think that's kind of. Something I really like about Hellward and Higuma, I don't like the series a huge amount, but it has a lot in common with a series that I adore and is fundamental to me, which is Shaman King. Yeah, yeah I'd agree. Because Higuma, he, he fights, but he's, he's intrinsically very laid-back, sleepy, quite a, a pacifistic character as well, who only really steps in because because uh, he's someone who tries to be quite selfless as a being and help others, is having to deal with creatures who are selfish. And I feel like that's uh that's the main message of the series as such. And it's it's really interesting. I don't think it's done massively well to execute it uh execute on it in recent chapters until this most recent one, which has actually had the demon like stating their own stance and being like, Hey, care about me and how I want to go and kill mothers and babies. <laughs> which I kind I kinda feel is like uh, like you said with Neolasia a little too late at this point, because yeah. we have the new serialization round coming. Yeah, so, but like, it's interesting. In terms of popularity, it seems that a Chainsaw Man is like at the top. Like, according, if you look at like hottest in terms of the manga plus like hits, like Chainsaw Man is the most popular. It's in the top twenty most viewed series on manga plus. Uh, and then you have Higuma, like, that squeaks in in the top 30, and they don't rank any of the series past the top 30. So... I'm looking at the hottest now. Neolation is at 35. Oh, yeah. On the browser, it doesn't rank, but yeah. yeah. See, I'm I'm, I'm sure... I, I just kind of assumed Chainsaw Man was doing well based on the fact that... Um, I, I thought I saw somewhere that they're doing, like, some kind of official, like, fan art campaign or something for yeah, the series. Yeah, they're doing a fan art contest. Yeah. Mm. And I mean, the, the the first volume for Chainsaw Man is also coming out a month before the other two uh, to go and give it more of a sort of focus. So they, they definitely see it as the one that people will be buying. Yeah, that seems to be the one that has, that's going to have legs, that yeah. has the most potential to like go on for a while. It definitely helps that Fujimoto already has a following thanks to Fire Punch. Yeah. So like, I think they're, I think they're banking on that. Yeah, I, I think Fire Punch definitely helps it a lot. Like that wasn't a huge seller by jump standards, but by jump plus standards, it like it regularly had about twenty thousand copies shift for each volume, which is which isn't nothing. And obviously coming out in English, even if it's in kind of the the weird way it is through Viz at the moment, uh it it's not available on Comixology, but it's available on Amazon Kindle as far as digital versions go. It's weird because I I was I was just looking at the Shonen Jump app, or at least um uh... Well, I guess it's not on the app because it's a mature series, but on the browser, like whatever's been released uh, through volumes in English is available on on the Shutter Jump uh, subscription. Wait, hold on, hold on. With the exception I, of the most you, recent you volume, can just, yeah, the the chapters are on the Shonen Jump website. Yeah, yeah. Oh, for piss, god damn it! Why have I not looked? <laughs> <laughs> that that one's on me. Uh, because because it's been such a headache remembering to actually like head to the. 
head to Amazon.co.uk and like go, oh yeah, I'll, I'll buy the Kindle volume and then it will turn up on the Kindle app, which I have to remember to install once in a while. Like just being able to read it through the website would be really useful because Fire Punch is really good in in a very decadent way. I think the the ways people talk about Chainsaw Man being kind of like trashy, uh, the base base and gross and trashy, which I I largely disagree with in a lot of ways, are, are absolutely true about Fire Punch. Fire Punch is is garbage in the best way. <laughs> yeah, Fire Punch is trashy at its core. It's entertaining <laughs> trash though. Oh, absolutely! Like I, I, I adore it for being what it is. Uh, I, I think it it genuinely blew my mind reading the first volume of Fire Punch. Uh, but just just for being such a different series, it like it really hit something inside of me. Ch- turns out Chainsaw Man's better, which suits me. <laughs> this is a kind of a side note that I wanted to say earlier, but I really wish they would explain when the heck like the new volumes are going to show up on the vault. I've been waiting for yeah. Twin Star Exorcist 14 for a long time, and I want to know when I'll be able to read them. Like, they added the new Haikyuu and Demon Slayer volumes, but they haven't yeah. added Twin Star or Fire Punch. Yeah. Which just confuses me. They've also not added uh, Black Torch, and it's worth mentioning the Demon Slayer chapters went up about a month after the volume came out. Uh, again, they're, they're, there's a need for an actual plan to be revealed to people, and they just aren't providing it. It's so confusing. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think we have successfully talked about ev- uh, every new series on Manga Plus. Yeah. So my 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 final real question I wanted to ask you guys then, as this is a sort of state of Shonen Jump thing, uh, as I alluded to earlier, what are the free simulpubs across these two apps that are like your absolute must-reads, like the things you'd save for last because you enjoy them that much? Well, I have only just started reading the new series on Manga Plus uh, in the last couple days. Doesn't have to be new ones. They they can be ones that you've been reading for ages. Any, any series that's on there okay. at all. I will separate them into like the stuff I'll, I immediately read on the Shonen Jump app and then the stuff that I'm probably going to be really keen to read on Manga Plus. Uh, so okay. for the Shonen Jump app, uh, the first series that I find myself immediately reading when a new chapter goes up is We Never Learn. Where that series is now is just always a joy to read. I just immediately find myself being in the mood to read We Never Learn when it comes out every week. So that has been the series I tend to click on first when I see new chapters have come out. After that, I think that I end up reading One Piece just because I follow the One Piece podcast and Weekly Mon Recap, and I know they're going to talk about it on there like when those podcasts come out. So I read that just so I can follow those podcasts. And then afterwards, it can be a toss-up. I'd say like earlier it had been Act Age that I was immediately clicking on because I loved reading Act Age. I think now it's Promise Neverland. It's like the third one I'm gravitating toward because where Promise Neverland is now. It's just at a really good place and really interesting now that Norman has come back and, you know, there's these this factional divides going on. So I really like that. I also, and as far as monthly series go, whenever a new Dragon Ball Super Borgo chapter comes out, I read that same day as well. And then as for Manga Plus, I think the series, uh, my top three series that, uh, that I'll probably be reading on there, it'll be a Blue Flag, Curtains Up, and... Summertime uh, rendering. I think those are the series that definitely hooked me most, and I'm really keen to read more of. Uh, and I really enjoyed a lot of these series 
on Manga Plus, but I think those are the series that I'm like, man, I really want to read more of this as much as possible. Mm, this is this is kind of hard for me in particular because I I'm I'm not really like caught up with anything on Manga Plus, but I can say that at least for now, I am going to keep up with Arata Primal uh, because I I just find it that interesting. Again, I, I'm really interested in the mystery and the intrigue, and I I, I want to see how the story unfolds personally. I really want to catch up with Jigoku Raku like sometime soon. Oh, yeah, you that's an amazing series. I'm I'm about 15 chapters in, and I know that's still pr- kind of early on <laughs> now that it's like almost 50 chapters at this point. But like, I do I do I do want to catch up with that sometime this year. That that's one of my goals for the show, uh, in particular. Um, honestly, as far as like just Shonen Jump manga goes like weekly shonen jump um i think the three series that i save for last because i want to read those the most at this point are one piece my hero academia and dr stone hey we've got one in common oh (laughs) well well here what what are what are yours then maxi i'm curious uh so i i guess seeing as we're divvying them up a little bit i'll go and say the what the the weekly shonen jump summer pubs because i still read everything through manga plus at this point if i can help it just because it loads easier for me and then like the free the uh, like just manga plus series um, so the absolute top three, like no big surprise for me, are like Doctor Stone at, at the very top, which has has been a little surprise for me because you know Black Clover used to sit there, Ooh. but it's just it's so interesting each time. I want it to be like the the very last thing I read, like that nice perfect ending to a magazine reading, and then then it would be uh, sort of a, a honestly toss a coin between Black Clover and Chainsaw Man. Like I really do love both those series so much. There's, I, I, I understand people's criticisms of Chainsaw Man. I really do. I can't. I don't have a single one in me. It's impossible. It's, it's bizarre how much I love that comic. Literally, we we started recording this about an hour after the volume had come out in Japan, and you can bet that is already downloaded on my phone, ready to go. Oh my god. <laughs> yeah. Um. And then for the free manga plus ones, I'll count Jigoku Raku here because it's only app wise only on the manga plus one. And I really do adore it. And then just really, it's Blue Flag, which is still, to my mind, one of the most perfect comics ever made. And uh, and Spotless Love, which has just never failed to be anything other than amazing. Yeah, good picks. Uh, what about you, V-Lord? Oh, okay, yeah. So uh, I guess uh, since we're splitting up Shonen Jump and Manga Plus, I'll start with the Shonen Jump side. Um, So my top three would be uh, Demon Slayer Kimetsu no Yaiba, because Demon Slayer has just been a love at first sight since it came out for me and i i've just been really really into the series and i feel even its final arc it's as strong as ever and i'm really looking forward to seeing where uh where it's gonna go from here um and then i guess my number two would be act age um and i i love love loved the stage production arc um, we mentioned before about like aria's uh, character arc and that and i thought it was really well done and Seeing it, like, wrap up was really satisfying for me. And also just the development Yunagi got in that arc was also really good, even though a lot of it wasn't shown in the in the Viz Simul pub, which is a shame. Um, and then the number three is a bit tougher for me. It's probably a tie between uh, Promise Everland and Jujutsu Kaisen, because... Oh no, I'm just liking both of them a lot right now, and it's just really hard to choose. I guess if I were to pick one or the other, it'd probably be Promise Everland, because the recent stuff with Norm, I'm really interested in seeing where it's going to go. 
So I, I think that's going to be definitely something I am going to be tr- making sure to keep up with week to week. Mm-hmm. Um, on the Manga Plus side, the number one here is really easy. It's Hinomaru Sumo. <laughs> Out of every manga I keep of up course. with, this is one I immediately read. I will make sure to read this like right away. And it helps that the chapters are really fast because most of it's just the artwork and just a little bit of dialogue here and there. But I just really love this manga. I never would have imagined that it would get a simulpub this late into its run. But I'm happy even if Media Do's translations aren't the best <laughs> at all. I'm really happy for you on it. Like I, I look at it and just see a man put his head up his wife's t-shirt and like that's fine but like i mean obviously you read that and that's like a that's like a moment with that's like a moment with emotional importance for you and so i'm i'm really glad that that series is there like for you as, as a fan of it even if it's beyond my like understanding the thing is it point. is an emotional moment because it's gino yeah showing no, it really looks like it, it is like the uh... yeah but like because i don't know anything about the series i'm just like well, that seems nice. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. So th- this is the part of the thing. Like, it's it's gonna be very hard for new readers to get into this material. I feel they at least started a decent place with the uh, Hidomaru versus uh Kuze fight because at least in the anime, Kuze is like the main villain of the high school arc. Mm-hmm. So that that at least gives something for people to like uh, latch onto. But a lot of this, like. A lot of the stuff that's focused on this arc is, like, the the struggle of the professional sumo world in the modern day as it's declining in popularity and the physical risk that it has on the sumo wrestlers themselves. Interesting. It, it reminds me a lot of Ashita no Joe in a way because, mm-hmm. for one thing, Hidomaro gets in this mentality of, like, he wants to keep f- fighting until he has nothing left, until, like, he, he could potentially die and... That doesn't matter to him. And it's him trying to come to terms with loving sumo again rather than trying to survive by continuing sumo. Whoa. So I, I really love that Kawada has been able to take the series in this direction. Because I remember earlier he mentioned that he always intended the series to end with the high school arc. And when he was brought with the opportunity to continue with the professional arc, he wanted to do something that he wasn't able to do before and i think he's really taking advantage of that so i'm i'm very happy with how it's turned out and i mean we probably only have like a year left of hinomaru sumo before it's over uh given where everything is going but i know i'm gonna be hooked for it for the rest of the run nice um the, there's nothing that i feel like fits the uh the way manga mavericks is better than you mentioning this whole thing about like trying trying to survive in the, de- the declining world of sumo, which I I literally on, the, on that moment I was going to be like, oh yeah, kind of like Rakugo in Descending Stories, <laughs> and I can hear Colton in the background go, interesting. I'm like, I wonder if he's fought that too. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. Oh, I should probably go into my number two. Here. Yeah, yeah. Uh, teenage uh, number two would be Teenage Renaissance David. I just really love this. Like, it's it's just such a great, like, gag comedy manga. And I, I'm i from Japan. I think, I feel like sometimes its humor kind of goes over my head because of how Japanese-centric it is and it, how, like, blatant tourism it is at times. But I feel like a lot of the humor in Renaissance David really works well towards an English audience, especially since a lot of it's, like, jokes about, like, European mythology or... 
Um, just yeah, like, like anyone in the West understands narcissus is an idea. Yeah. Like that's such an easy thing to get. Yeah. And he's and he's a great character. So like I think that was the point I got pulled in properly is when they introduced that character. But like I I, I love that that's uh, in your top three there. That's cool. Yeah, and I also really love the character Venus. Like not yeah. not Venus, uh, Mona Lisa. Oh. Mona Lisa's a really fun character because, like, whenever she gets nervous, her face turns into the literal Mona Lisa. <laughs> it's it's oh. it's so good, um, and yeah. So I I really love that. And then the number three would probably be Dreamcam mm. because I I rave about that a lot on Twitter lately, and uh, it's just really good. And I I've never been like super into like Initial D. I think partly because I just haven't read enough of it, but. The, these kind of like racing manga I just I just am really into like the idea of it it just does it in a really fun way like showing the appeal of this like super dangerous sport <laughs> and it, while also balancing it with some nice humor so I, I really like that as well excellent so what would our overall consensus be on the state of Shonen Jump I think it's in a good place yeah I think so too yeah, I'd agree. I mean, it's a bit of a huge mess, but a huge mess that at least is doing new things and pushing itself forward, which is more than you can say for, like, the last few years. I mean, don't jump. get me wrong, there there, there are definitely, we definitely have criticisms, as we've said earlier in the show, and I think there are things about, I, I feel like mostly the Shonen Jump app, I, like, personally, I'm, I'm fine with the Manga Plus up as is, like, it works fine for me, and I don't really have any complaints about it so far. But definitely, you've brought up a lot of um, you've brought up a lot of grievances earlier that I have, especially with the Shonen Jump app in particular. That I really hope in the future are fixed. But as it is now, I think it works well enough. I mean, for for all the negative stuff I said, it's a net positive for the industry. Like both of these apps are doing huge things that are going to fundamentally change the way that uh, the legal manga is interacted with in the West and globally, really, in the case of Manga Plus. And I think that's that's invaluable. Uh, for, for all my criticisms, what they're doing is big and impressive and cool. They just need to work out the kinks and maybe not include some stuff. Uh, from, from a technical perspective, there's definitely a lot of kinks that'd be worked out on, I feel, both of these websites, because there are a lot of broken pages or just, like, glitchy interfaces. But in terms of sheer content and what they're trying to do, it is just a great step in the right direction, like Maxi was saying. And I think if they can build off of this and improve on those, like, technical areas, maybe, like, fix a bit of the network infrastructure, I think it can be an even better service and just bring more people in. Yeah. And as they are now, they're reaching more audiences than before, more readers, and they're offering more variety than before. And I think those are all good things. The the thing is, too, like, this is such a huge undertaking that, like, as many grievances as we do have about these apps, like, I, I think it's also worth pointing out that these issues are to be expected. Mm. Mm -hmm. mm. Absolutely. But no, yeah, I, again, I, I think we're, like, 60-40 on the positive negative scale whatever you want to call it as as far as the functionality of these apps i'm I, it's it's a good thing that they exist like for yeah. sure yeah i mean we live in a world where literally all of weekly shonen jump is available legally in english except for yuna yeah i mean that's crazy i mean yeah it's it's quite amazing honestly and i you know i don't think there's really much else to say about like 
I mean, you know, what else can we say about, like, the current, like, just run of manga and Shonen Jump in general other than I think it's pretty mostly good. Yeah, again, a lot of variety. There's just a lot to choose from and there's uh, everything feels different from each other, which is a great thing. I, I will say uh, there there is one massive mistake that Shonen Jump has made in recent history, and it was definitely cancelling Alice and Tayo. Yeah, uh, yeah, because that comic was really good. I, I've been reading the the last two volumes of it now, and the whole way everything I've been feeling is just man. The the readers of that magazine did not know what they were getting. <laughs> they just completely rejected. Yeah, it. I really need to pick up the volumes of that because it it just looks like it had so much potential. It it it's really good. Uh, Curtains up, I'm off. Kind of has a similar sort of energy to it actually that I appreciate. So I'm you know I'm not I'm not too miserable about Alice and Tyre being gone, but. At the same time, oh, they, they, they had the world in their hands, they didn't even, know it, <laughs> even though no one would have bought it. Uh, but no, yeah, Shonen Jump, it's good. And I'm glad now that there's Riz is simul publishing most, if not every new uh, Shonen Jump series through their completion. So even if they do end early, we have access to them, their yeah. entirety in English. So we just have to hope that it's not etchy. Yeah, <laughs> so long as it ain't etchy, uh, we should hopefully get it. Yeah, hopefully either next episode or soon we'll we'll talk about uh the the new series coming up which you know apparently are getting translated. I'm I'm really excited to read those. But uh I guess for now, yeah, I think we should just end there we because we we got a little longer than I wanted to, but I I still think we had a pretty good episode today. So I guess but before we end, uh, head off to the end of the show here, um Maxi, where can the people find you? You can find me on Twitter at MaxiTheBee, and I've quit doing anything else, so that's it. Well, I'm I'm very sad to hear that, but at the same time, I, I totally I totally understand where you're coming from on that front. I, I'll, I'll tell you this, so um, I, I dropped all projects I was doing, because I wasn't able to finish a lot of them, and it, was, uh, and it was taking too much of my life to keep trying to get them finished, and I, I stopped about a week ago, and I've honestly, I've never felt that much happier to be just be a, a fan and a reader of manga than than I have in years. So uh, sometimes it's good to disengage. That said, Manga Mavericks, you better never stop. <laughs> oh, we definitely won't. You're one of our favorite people to talk to, and the listeners agree. I was gonna say, like, you know, there there have been times where, like, you know, uh, not not to get too personable, but like, there have been times where, like, you know. We'll be putting out a lot of content in one month, and it sometimes it'll get to the point where it's like, man, I wish I had time to do other things. But because uh, you know, I, I edit a lot of the show, and not that I don't enjoy it, I do enjoy editing the podcast. But you know, so so it's 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 hard to juggle time. Essentially, there's not enough time in the day, and there's not enough time in the week. There's just not enough time. I wish it's I just more time would be great. But you know, I, I still enjoy doing the show. So like, I'm not saying oh, it'll totally end soon or whatever. Like. I I would like to keep Manga Mavericks going for as long as I can, but I I'm saying this because like I I I understand that feeling of almost burning yourself out, which thankfully I've I've gotten to the point where like I can keep myself from doing that, which is good because I still enjoy doing the show. But yeah, I mean, duh, I guess I didn't really have much of a point other than you know uh, I, I I really enjoyed your stuff, Maxi, while you still did it. And, you know, I'm I'm fine with everything as long as you could still come on the podcast because. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I still might do the occasional episode of FEV if I feel like it down the line. Like, I'm not writing that off entirely, but it will just be a matter of, oh, I feel like I've got something to say. So I'll just like turn on a mic and make a fun thing for myself. 
So like it, it's a never say never thing because like again, a, a lot of people seem to enjoy them, but my god, I have such a busy life. I, I totally get that. Yeah, um, we 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 want you to take care of yourself, bud. Yeah, yeah. And again, I I I enjoy coming on here a lot because I I get to gab a lot. And I don't have to edit it afterwards. <laughs> I get to just pass on the pain to you. That's right, nice. Yeah, you, you just leave that to me. Um, uh, Vlord, where can the people find you? Um, people can find me on Twitter at VLordGTZ. Um, they can also find my reviews on all-comic.com, uh, where I'm currently reviewing Demon Slayer, Kimetsu no Yaiba, Act Age, and Hinomaru Sumo. So if you're interested in any of those, just check those out. And yeah, that's kind of it. All right, and then just real quickly, I know Patrick kind of had to leave in the middle of the conversation, uh, but we still want to thank him for coming on. Uh, we'll definitely be having him on the show again at some point. Uh, in case you missed it earlier, you could find him on Twitter at the Comic Fiend. Uh, definitely follow him on Twitter. Uh, go listen to the Super Senpai podcast if you're a fan of Tokusatsu. And uh, yeah, I think that's about it for this part of the show. Let's uh, let's go ahead and wrap up. All right, it is now time to wrap up the show. Uh, once again, special thanks to everyone involved with our Manga Plus discussion, you know, with uh, Maxi and Patrick and V-Lord. Always a joy to talk to our friends about Shonen Jump. Uh, but before we sort of end the show, uh, I did mention at the top of the show that we kind of have a, a, a sort of another survey coming up, or hopefully one that'll be up by the time this episode's up, maybe, if not, therefore, shortly after. Um, Lum, do you want to talk about uh, this new survey coming up? Yeah, so if you remember on our survey results episode from earlier this year, there were a few listener comments that said that they would like to see us start up a Patreon or some other place where they can support the show. And so we talked about it and we decided that we are going to consider setting up a Patreon. And so we've come up with this Patreon survey to gauge interest in a potential Manga Mavericks Patreon. How much would our contributors like to pledge to it what kind of basis would they like to pledge to it to like what rewards they would want from manga Rabbit's patreon basically all sorts of questions that will form us in our decision to set up a patreon how the patreon will look and kind of the structure of it and this will be really helpful in terms of like letting us know like how we should tool our patreon and then focus it and as well uh setting up a mongrance patreon would be very helpful in like supporting and paying for the costs involved in producing the show hosting costs and all that getting uh acquiring materials so i think it could be definitely helpful for the show and so uh it can it would be really great if you guys could take this survey uh let us know your thoughts uh what you'd like to see out of this and hopefully that we can get something going uh shortly afterwards i think we'll have this uh survey run for probably around a month throughout the month of april and yeah we'll see what comes out of it um i mean uh, unlike the listener survey we we probably won't dedicate a whole episode to it probably not but this will help us definitely kind of you know give us a little direction as to you know if we were to start up a patreon you know like you know basically like everything lum said you know just just help us kind of decide what what direction we want to take with it and really just kind of gauge interest in general mm -hmm. um you know to, to to see if you know if, if that's what the majority of our listeners want so you know if it's something you're interested in um please go definitely take that survey um 
again uh we will we'll probably you know tweet it out on our twitter uh we'll definitely we'll definitely leave links to the survey you know all all throughout the month of april you know in whatever episodes of the podcast we release so uh definitely look out for the link to that um but i think we should just move on to uh you know where the good people can find us uh starting with you lum yes you can find me at lum ramayasha on twitter Animation Revelation, wherever there's a Lone Romansha, that's where you can find me. I also write reviews for all-comic.com. I've got a review of Fate's Day, Night, Heaven's Feel, Part 2, Lost Butterfly up right now that you can go read there. I'll have more movie and manga reviews for you in the near future as well. And so, yeah, check me out on all-comic and on Twitter. All right, and uh, I'm Colton. You can find me on Twitter, at SniperKing323. Uh, I also host other podcasts such as Life Lessons, the Gintama Manga Cast, which is on indefinite hiatus, but we still have a huge backlog of episodes that you can listen to over at gintalifelessons.wordpress.com. Uh, you can also listen to my other podcast, uh, One Podcast for Veils, over at onepodcastforveils.com. Uh, it's basically a podcast I record with my friend Doctor over from the Ask Backwards Anime Podcast about Case Closed or Detective Conan, uh, whatever people call it. Uh, I really enjoy recording that show in particular, so if you guys can go listen to that if you're a fan of Conan. Um, again, that's at onepodcastprevails.com. Uh, but as for All Comic and the podcast, uh, you can find every episode of Manga Mavericks on all-comic.com. That's where we post every episode first. Uh, you can also follow us on facebook.com slash all.comic or on twitter.com slash allcomic underscore. But if you want to follow Manga Mavericks specifically, you want to follow us on Twitter at manga underscore mavericks, as well as mangamavericks.tumblr.com for all the latest updates on the podcast. Uh, subscribe to our YouTube channel over at youtube.com slash manga mavericks, uh, where we post different excerpts of the podcast, such as different news pieces we discuss, uh, uh, you know, whatever series or other manga we discuss on the show, uh, even some exclusive content every once in a while. So definitely go subscribe to us again at youtube.com slash manga mavericks. Uh, if you want to send us an email, but you know, uh, what, what are you reading? You know, what are you, what are your thoughts on some of the news pieces we cover? Uh, are there any, uh, manga plus titles that you enjoy reading? Uh, you know, send us your thoughts about anything manga related to the podcast over at manga mavericks at gmail.com. We'll, we'll, we'll read your thoughts on the show. Uh, but the most important thing, guys, is that you subscribe, rate, and review us on Apple Podcasts or iTunes or whatever people call it. Uh, you know, that really helps the visibility of our show. It just helps us, you know, helps us get our show out there in general. So uh, please do that if you so wish. You know, do that if you have the time. But uh, yeah, that's going to be about it for the podcast. Uh, this has been episode 80 of the Manga Mavericks podcast at all-comic.com. And we will see you guys next time for episode 81. Bye, guys. Sayonara. Sayonara.